Alrighty, and we are back. It is September 22nd, and it's the Brolytically Correct Podcast. I'm Mike. My co-host, Tommy, is coming to us somewhere from Southern California, and it's a beautiful Saturday morning, and we're ready to rock and roll. Beautiful Saturday morning. So happy to be back. We haven't done this in a couple weeks. Um, Both of our schedules have been pretty crazy lately, but uh, been looking forward to this since the last one. Always nice to, to catch up with you, Mike, and talk about what's going on in our lives and, and the world pretty much. So excited to be here. Beautiful Saturday morning. Let's have some fun. Yeah, I'm always excited to do this. Always excited to talk to you. And uh, got my morning off on a good foot, you know. Woke up uh, super early and headed out to the, uh, a local track here that belongs to a university in Tacoma, Washington. And I got there at like mm, 5.30. And it's all locked up, so I'm kind of just walking around seeing if there's a way in uh, that I can run on this track. And I pulls the security guard, pops out of his, his truck, and is just standing there. It's a large, uh, I, w- I would guess, I didn't ask him, but a large Pacific Islander gentleman. Pretty intimidating. Just kind of standing there, arms crossed, watching me. So... I just walk straight up to him. I'm like, hey, good morning. Um, What time does the track open up? And he's like, ah, it doesn't open till 8. I'm like, okay, Um, do you think maybe you could open it a little early, see if I could run? He's like, no. And, uh, you know, I was like, all right then, ha- have a good day. Walked out of my car and, and kind of left. But it's just like, hey. If you see me trying to see if the track's open, maybe walk up to me and be like, Hey, man, the track doesn't open uh, till later. You can come back then if you want, but you can't open it up early. Sorry. But instead, he was just standing there, arms crossed, I think, just waiting to come over and just uh, spear tackle me into the into the fence. That guy's dedicated. He likes his job a lot. Yeah. I uh, think uh might be somebody who's just looking for for an excuse to enact some violence on someone. Could be. Could also be he had a really late, rough Friday night, and you just caught him at a bad time. Yeah, maybe. I also maybe. just looked up um, the university's football schedule that you're referencing, and they don't have a game today. Not like it's an away game. They, just, they have a bye. So it's not being used for football, so I'm not sure what his um, qualm with you was or is. Yeah, don't get it. It's all right. <laughs> I was able to find a nice a nice middle school track that is open to the public at all hours from 6 a.m. until something. So I was able to get over there, get my run in. You just can't run with your shirt off at the middle school, though. That's the downside. Yeah, maybe, I guess. I mean, it's, it's a Saturday. There aren't going to be any kids there. I can do what I want. Still got to err on the side of precaution there. Very true. Very, very true. But it's good. Got my running. We're ready to go. There you go. How have you been since I last saw you? Really good, man. Really good. Um, so we just finished up my fourth week um, at the academy, fire academy, and I'm I'm starting. I'm not there yet, but I'm starting to get to the point where I actually feel somewhat confident in like my skills on the Ooh. drill yard. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Uh, obviously, still don't know anything, but it it's nice to actually like have some confidence and be like, oh, I've done this before. Uh, there's some muscle memory there, and like even almost enjoy myself dare I say that and like actually look forward to some of the evolutions 
and I didn't think I was going to get there my first couple weeks, but this was like the first week where I was like, all right, I think I kind of know what I'm doing. Um, but also just, you know, every day they throw more and more at you. So, you, you know, if you fall behind, you're just going to like, it's going to be hard to catch up. So I feel like I'm starting to develop a solid base where we can like add things on top of it and, and feel more confident with it, which is really good because the first couple of weeks were some tough sledding weeks, but I think that's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to kind of shake you and uh, kind of see what you're made of. But uh, I'm looking forward to it, uh, you know, learning more and, you know, not getting comfortable, you know, not getting complacent, just, just staying on the grind and, and just trying to get better every day. Um, but just to reiterate, it is nice to actually feel somewhat confident in my skills since this is something that I've never done before. So that's good. Kind of take some of the stress and anxiety out of it. Yeah, glad you're getting getting comfortable with things. I'm sure you're, you know, judging on the Tommy that I know. Your personality is probably a lot like mine, and you don't like being uh, mediocre, if not subpar, at a skill. So the the learning period can be uh, a little frustrating at the beginning. Absolutely. But but once you get a hang of it, you you start rocking and rolling. You'll you'll do fine. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I've I've always shout out to the Boss Root No Two Trainer. Oh yeah, <laughs> big shout out to Boss Root. Maybe we can get him as a sponsor. I was able to get my thirty minute uh, bottle of uh, air to last thirty one minutes after only like sixteen minutes the first time. So, not a math guy, but I think it's like two hundred percent increase or something like that. So, uh, yeah, maybe Boss Root and hit us up for some uh, money. Yeah, boss rootin' baby, uh, which, I mean, apparently that should be impossible given your, you know, lung condition, capacity, whatever. But I have no idea what you're referencing there. Yeah, me neither, actually. Um, but yeah, no, boss, hit us up. Uh, Tommy can be one of your testimonials. I Big mean, time that's testimonial, a, front page that's testimonial. That's a 15-minute increase in how many weeks? Uh, Like two all due to the boss route and O2 <laughs> trainer, not due to the fact that Tommy, that Tommy got more psychologically comfortable with the fact of wearing a pack. Not yeah. that, uh, No, we won't yeah. divulge that other information just strictly because no. of no other variables involved. Science, data. <laughs> Front page testimonial right there. Well, good stuff, man. And yeah. um, I am in the, I just finished my second week of the actual academy going on the uh, fourth week of my time as a paid firefighter and um man i i got hired by the best department in western washington wow (laughs) big time statement right there. i I definitely think so we just went into the academy and we were just head and shoulders at least skills wise um above above the rest of the departments and you know all the departments did a a pre-academy period where they just did some skill sharpening. A lot of these people that were going in against, uh, one of the guys actually has 20 years of volunteer fire experience. Um, wow. He, he'd been plugging away, trying to get hired career for 20 years. That's before like playing in the minor the leagues. Like, of, yeah. That's like playing yeah. in minor league baseball for 20 years and then making it to the major leagues insane so just shout out to him the dedication um the perseverance the ability to not get disheartened and just quit or give up or pursue another career path i mean shout out to that dude um but you know we have a lot of people who have a lot more experience than i do uh I, i had just finished a recruit academy i have no real um fire experience just the training aspect of it of a recruit academy 
um, that maybe wasn't the greatest recruit academy, but at least gave me some experience, some knowledge, and uh, got to meet a lot of great people. But then we did uh, the two-week pre-academy at my current department, and man, skills got sharpened up. And and I was a little worried because, you know, I'm neck and neck with some of these other guys and my guys and gal in pre-academy. And um, then we get to... uh, the actual academy it's a conglomerate kind of academy at a college here in the south sound and uh we're in with seven other departments and skills wise we're just head and shoulders above everybody else so i would hope so after the vetting process and application process that you went through to get hired with that department yeah it seems like they were searching for the cream of the crop the best of the best well, it's not just that. It's they have the best of the best already there, and the best of the best have been perfecting the art of firefighting for years now. And yeah. so they've bestowed that knowledge upon us. And I just can't wait till we get into some of the other skills that we haven't uh, done yet. Because right now, honestly, all we've done is uh, done it off packs, search and rescue, that sort of thing. And um, super fast, su- way, way faster, doffing, doffing uh, gear. Nice. In the other academies and then search and rescue going super well. So it's good stuff. That's good to hear. How about you? What uh what have you done so far? Um, no live fire training yet, but we're pretty pretty deep into everything else. Um we've been this last week we we're just doing a bunch of hoses and ladders and stuff, so kinda like your bread and butter firefighting operations. Um so getting feeling a lot better with that. Uh, I think we're supposed to be burning the next couple weeks, so that'll be exciting. But um, nice. just laying that laying that solid foundation, making sure we're comfortable with all of that stuff. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. We're four weeks into six t- 16-week academy, so just across the, the quarter point. Um, it's one bike fast. Like, the days are super long, but um, the weeks and the month kind of went by fast in a weird way. Yeah, no, I, n- I know exactly what you're talking about because the same thing's happening to me. I just, like, the days feel long, but the the, yeah. the, the just t- sum total of the days <laughs> is very short. <laughs> yeah, it's so. funny. They were like, yeah, it's just going to be from, like, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., but it never ends up being that. <laughs> oh, of course not. <laughs> of course not. It's crazy how much they can pack into one day. I just come home and I'm just like thoroughly exhausted. I'm in bed by 8 p.m. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm falling asleep at 8, waking up super early. I mean, it feels great. Early to bed, early to rise. Yeah. Yeah, it feels great. (laughs) (laughs) Putting a positive spin on it. Anything else non-fire related? No, man. My my life is just pretty pretty consumed in that. So it's not a whole lot else personal life-wise to report. Same. I'm just uh, enjoying. It's basically. I, I feel like I'm a pro- uh, professional athlete, kind of. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm just getting paid to, to go are. to practice every yeah. day. No, you you're, know? you're getting paid to work out, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, it's just it's just a dream come true. Uh, yeah. My deferred compensation is like, like so. You know, we have a, a 457 account, which is like a 401k, nice. but for government employees, and um. The amount that they'll match every month for the amount that you contribute is almost as much as a two-week paycheck from my other my previous job. So wow, there you go. <laughs> Feeling pretty good about that. Nice. Just, and then uh, 
you know, takes a lot of the stress and opens up some other opportunities. Uh, Definitely. My wife actually has a meeting this morning to possibly become a co-small business owner. So. Wow. All things coming up, the, the uh, your last name, family. Yeah. Mikey Moves. Mikey <laughs> Moves. Mikey Marathon. Mikey Moves. All things coming up. Yeah. So we'll see about that. Um, I'm pretty excited about that. I've been telling her for a long time. It's a coffee, coffee, a little coffee stand. And, um... I've been telling her for a long time that a lot of the people that she's been working for, she could do it better than they could. And um, we just finally found somebody who uh, also owns a couple of small businesses and is look believes in my wife's ability as well. And they're looking to open one up and get that going. So Nice. There you go. Let me know how that turns making out. Making moves, baby. Making moves. That's a lucrative business from what I understand. Yeah, no, and that's one of the determining factors because, you know, my wife was uh, pursuing the radiology technologist program, and that's still not out of the cards yet, but um, the when reviewing the financials and stuff and looking at it, the earning potential is much, much higher um, pursuing this path than the other one, and it's something that she enjoys doing, so might as well. Nice. So good. Um, let's just hop right into it. I think uh, that's it for me. But you want to start with the NFL? Sure. Let's talk let's about the NFL. It. Yeah. How's your fantasy team doing? Oh, it's great because it's non-existent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the worst. Nobody wants to hear how's, about uh, How's Tommy Football's <laughs> fantasy team going? Uh, I, I'll just say up front that is there anything worse than somebody coming up to you and telling you about their fantasy team or like oh i should have started this guy or no i just picked up this guy and he just had 39 points for me is there anything worse than like looking at other people's like children maybe or like uh, another person's like vacation scrapbook possibly yeah, photos mm-hmm. yeah that's the worst <sighs> it, but fantasy takes it to a whole nother level and people are so obsessed with it like i would like there's a there's a quote on photos, and I don't know if it was originally Dennis Reynolds from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Probably. but he's like, um, photos are like dreams. If I'm not in it or nobody's having sex, I don't want to hear about it. That's the <laughs> truth right there. Yeah, I have been around some people lately that just can't stop talking about their fantasy teams, and it's like, I don't really know what to say to this other than I don't want to hear about it anymore. Yeah. But so <laughs> how is your team doing? <laughs> oh, I'll tell you everything you want to know about my team. No, I'm just kidding. I'm off to it. I don't know. I won the first couple of weeks, but it's not a big deal. Who cares? Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> I won't burden you with that. Um, did you watch this uh, previous Thursday night game, the Jets-Browns? Baker Mayfield, baby. It's the Baker show. Yeah. That was exciting. That was – who would have thought a Jets-Browns Thursday night game would have been captivating like that? I, I couldn't turn it off. I was like – I wanted to go to bed, but I just – I had to see the outcome. Yeah, and it's a great story, Baker. Um it's an okay yeah. story. Yeah, you know, it's okay. <laughs> Walk on. You know, whatever. Giving them their first win in uh, how many days? How many days was 600 it? 600-something. It their last win was on Christmas Eve of 2016. Yeah, 635 or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. My boy Carlos Hyde doing some work. He's a former Niner. But, yeah, uh, big boy. Yep, doing some work. Baker doing work is good. Good story. Darnold good losing, story. which I'm I'm always a fan of. Um, You're not a Darnold guy. No, I'm not a Darnold guy. Just because he they doesn't were seem like somebody you can dislike. 
No, it's not Darnold himself. Um, okay. It is the fact that anytime USC was playing, yeah, they were USC. slobbing on his knob and um, saying about how great of a of a pro quarterback he was going to be, and they they would be like losing a game, and they'd be like, Darnold has him right where he wants him. He wouldn't <laughs> have it any other way. Yeah, I get that because I'm the biggest USC hater there is, but it's not really yeah. Darnold's fault for doing that. I mean, he no, like it's a, not. Seems like a grounded, humble kid. Yeah, it's like Tebow. You know, right. I, I, I have no reason to hate Tim Tebow personally, but because of the people who talk about Tebow, I hate Tebow. You shouldn't hate so. Tebow for anything. Yeah, I mean, that's, maybe the Friar Tuck. That's a characteristic flaw on yourself that you should probably self-evaluate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, maybe it's just because he points out all my deficiencies. Yeah, uh-huh. there's some know. truth to that. Uh, what else is going on in the NFL? Uh, what else is going on? Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going on. <laughs> just 10 touchdowns, 0 INTs to start the season. What a great pick by, speaking of the Browns, John Dorsey as when he was the GM <laughs> for the Chiefs. I mean, that was that was a great pick because, like, Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, no one really talked too, too much about him because Texas Tech just kind of always has quarterbacks that puts out a lot of numbers but doesn't necessarily translate to the NFL. And then they moved up to get him while they still had Alex Smith. Um, and then Alex Smith was great there. He was fine. He was winning games for them, getting to the playoffs, and then they just let him yeah. walk. And it was like, we're going to put all of our eggs in the, the Patrick Mahomes basket, and it's paid off so far. I mean, two weeks in, so still small sample size, but what a first two weeks it's been. Yeah, 69% completion percentage. Um, Talk about a Ten touchdowns player. in two games. Uh, 10.5 yards per completion they have a projected line on ESPN I'm looking at right now and so it just extrapolates based upon the first two games <laughs> he's gonna throw for 80 touchdowns <laughs> he he's projected to throw for 4,656 yards 80 touchdowns <laughs> and no interceptions it's like so. when Barry Bonds would hit like three home runs in the first two games and he was projected to have like 300 home runs yeah insane insane but great story tech guy it's mm-hmm. good. I, that's uh, you know, not giving out too much information, but I may have been born at some a certain university's medical hospital. Oh wow! And, uh, I don't know how people are going to put Raiders. that. Yeah, how yeah. are people going <laughs> to connect the dots there? Yeah, no. I think actually Weird. Patrick Mahomes wasn't he? Did he beat out Baker Mayfield? Are we tying this all together? Maybe. I, think, I don't know. I think. But let's so. go with it. I don't care if it's no, true I'm or not. I'm pretty sure there's some truth to that. I'm going with it. Because that like, Ryan Reynolds lookalike coach down there chose uh, Mahomes over Baker when Baker got hurt. It's a good call. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There we go. But, but yeah, great stories from Big 12 quarterbacks. It's fantastic. Um, another story in the NFL, the, N- or the Los Angeles Rams are now the favorites to win the Super Bowl. I, I thought they were going into the season. Are th- were they? I don't know. I thought, they, I thought they it was the Patriots going maybe in. the Patriots. That's kind of yeah, yeah, per usual. But, but uh, they were the top four or five. But yeah, they're good. Roster- that LA team. We'll see. Um, they're. I mean, on paper, they're loaded from top to bottom at like every position. They've got some solid individuals. Um, we'll see. I I'm just kind of nervous about Jared Goff in the playoffs. Um, but you know he's a young kid. But we'll see. They've got yeah. players everywhere. And a young, exciting, enthusiastic, knowledgeable head coach. Yeah. And uh, my team and our our boy, Jimmy G. Uh, <laughs> eh, your boy. 
He played pretty well. Played pretty well. Who they beat the Lions? The they beat the Lions last week. Yeah. Lions. Yep. Yeah, big win. Hung on, hung on to beat the Lions. Um, <laughs> is he still dating Kiara Mia? I don't know. I don't he's know. not. He's not publicly advertising it after yeah. uh, my criticism of that. Yeah, after your criticism, I'm yeah. sure that's what uh, that's what influenced that. Well, sure. I criticize. I didn't criticize. I just had some thoughts on it, and then Colin Cowherd jumped onto my bandwagon, and that's probably somewhere in between is when Jimmy G was like, "All right, I should probably just keep this like to myself." Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think that's how that played out. <laughs> and then um, somebody wasn't very high on a quarterback named Blake Bortles out of Jacksonville at the beginning of the season, and uh, he looked pretty good smashing the Patriots. So Yeah, week two win. Uh, they look good at home. They beat the Patriots, revenged last year's AFC championship loss. JK. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Good win for them. Solid team. We'll s- We'll see what they can do come playoff time. Definitely. Did you see anything else uh, NFL wise? Um, NFL kind of crosses over into other genres, but the Colin Kaepernick commercial, Nike sponsorship, and then the fact that Kaepernick, there are two reported teams that are very interested in him: uh, the Raiders and the Patriots. Reportedly, can't con- wow. can't confirm that. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on that? Your thoughts on the commercial itself, the the Nike slogan, and Kaepernick's potential return to the NFL, and how is he going to fit a helmet onto his afro? Yeah, uh, I support Kaepernick. You know, he's a former Niners guy. Um, he's a guy who seems to be trying to do good things uh, in the world and is not and we've talked about this on the podcast before on episodes that are not on iTunes but uh they're in the cloud you know, a, a guy who refused to sacrifice his morals for the dollar and um stood up for what he believed in even though it might um come at a cost to him personally and just nothing but respect for that nothing but respect for that and so you know, whatever helps him, whatever, you know, furthers his or um, extends his platform so he can help get his message out there. Um, and also, I just think he was skilled enough to play in the league and don't understand at why. At least be he, a backup. Yeah, exactly. You know, least. at least be a backup. So, good. Good on him. Good on Nike for, uh, you know, giving him some money so that way he can survive. I'm sure he's not doing terribly, you know. But um, good on Nike for trying to make a moral statement. Everybody's trying to detract from this by saying, oh, but Nike uses, you know, child labor in Indonesia or whatever <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of other companies, I don't see anybody talking crap about that. You know, give them credit where it's due. You know, don't try to detract from this with that or the other thing. Whatever. You know. Yes, would it be more ideal if they didn't use labor in Indonesia or I think where's the other place they do? Indonesia and I think Indonesia is the main one. Yeah, southeast, somewhere Southeast Asia. So, yeah. But, um, you know, good on them for the campaign ad, stuff like that. So, whatever. I thought the commercial was solid. It's a good commercial. Yeah, yeah Nike always does, does well. Yeah, they have a good marketing department. Absolutely. Always does a good I'm job. So shout out to Cap. Hopefully he gets picked up. It'd be great. Yeah. 
I'd like to see him back in the NFL at some level, uh, whether yeah. it be starting or backup. I also just want to see the fans' reaction because it's going to be so polarizing. Uh, probably some solid footage of fights in like the stands, which is always exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of people with not as much melanin are going to be <laughs> per- very upset <laughs> by this if he gets. Uh, if he gets picked up and then the publicity that's going to get, he's going to be kneeling again. That's going to bring up the whole national anthem thing, or I guess staying in the locker room because you can right. no longer come out, right? So Yeah, and I feel like I can't – I don't know I don't have the exact numbers on it, but I feel like a lot of the more high-profile military veterans that I've heard talk about Kaepernick are usually in support of him. Like they don't agree necessarily with kneeling with the anthem. But they're like, well, you know, I fought for the right for him to have his opinion. So I I found that interesting, too. Absolutely. I mean, that's they're like, oh, it's anti-patriotic to support Kaepernick. But no, 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 it's not, though, because the First Amendment is about allowing people to have a voice, even if you disagree with that right. voice. And it's just. <sighs> People are American and patriotic and support the Constitution as long as it like fits within their own mm-hmm. little bubble and worldview and paradigm and narrative and all that stuff. It's just like you know, there I saw some cartoon that was like, "Oh, I I definitely support freedom of religion." You know, Christianity is under attack, and then they're like. Well, what about for Muslims? And they're like, except for that, you know, Sharia Mm -hmm. law, a little scary, don't want to have that. And it's like, it's, you're, a lot of people are supportive until they're not, you know, if it works for them, great, support it, be patriotic. But the, the true definition of a patriot is supporting those ideals and beliefs, even when it doesn't benefit you personally. So, yep. Whatever. Um, did you watch switching to the UFC? Did you watch any of the Khabib McGregor press conference or catch any of the highlights of it? I did. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. You watched the whole um, thing? Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. It was the like the whole, the video online that they put was like an hour 20. Oh, yeah. The actual conference was only like 30 minutes. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was trying to watch it on YouTube yesterday and it said it was like 90 minutes long and then the first 30 minutes was like commercials and promotions for other things not related to the Yeah, it was, it was almost like the first hour. The UFC's got to um, clean that up. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't whatever. They just yeah, don't, we don't understand that. Anyways, the press conference itself, did you like it? Was it where do you rank it amongst McGregor's trash talking and press conferences? He did well with the material he he had. What's you up know, with no he, fans there? See, it must be something because Connor threw a dolly or threw the monsters or whatever, liability, blah, blah, blah. But have the fans there. Come right. on. That's who you pays know? for all of this. That's how everyone's going to get paid for this fight. And it may seem like... And it's it may seem like Connor's a wild man who's unhinged and unpredictable, He's but really actually, everything he sh- does is calculated. It's a it's very, very calculated. It's you the know, WWE. Exactly, and it's just I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. Dana's an idiot, and um, <laughs> I love Connor for calling him out. And you know, he turns his red as tomato right there. <laughs> it's just like I didn't get what I wanted to have the. F- have the fucking fans here. <laughs> no, I can't do a good accent. That was uh, good. I'll give you that. Yeah, he's he's just like, 
you know, he's like, the fans are who I'm doing this for. Why are they not here? They right. wanted a war. We're going to give them a war. And they should be here to enjoy this. This is for them. He's like, I'm doing this bullshit, you know, presser. Yes. I have to travel to, to do York it. City. We're in a 20,000, you know, seat arena or what, however many thousand seats. And he's like, and, and it's empty. This is ridiculous. Yeah, that had to be oh. feel so weird. Because like, I feel like McGregor feeds off the crowd and did not have the yeah, crowd he definitely there. does. Yeah. And, but also he feeds off of somebody who can kind of give it back to him a little bit. And Khabib right. just because his... There's a language barrier, I think. Yeah. Exactly. There's a bit of a language barrier, but Khabib is also just kind of a no-nonsense individual. You know, he's just like... Dagestani. I will smash him. He's just <laughs> like, you know, he's just like, and then Connor offers him a drink and Khabib gets very serious because Khabib takes his, his Islam extremely seriously. And he's like, I, I don't drink, I never drink, you know, yeah, got a little offended at that, I think, but... um. You know, it was interesting. Connor tried, but he, you can only do so much. Um, you know, it takes two to tango, and Khabib just has that little bit of a language barrier. Um, yeah. Are how, how many uh, bottles of proper 12 Irish whiskey have you pre-ordered? <laughs> Zero, but I want to get one. Zero. That'd be awesome. I, I, I want to like give a, it a try. I was looking online. I think it's like a $20 bottle, so it's like a budget bottle. So you could totally get, I don't know, four yeah, or five. Yeah, buddy. Probably just yeah, I'm going to get one because I did order a, a Habib. Uh, I got a little hat. Yeah, why'd you do that? Pac or something. Because, dude, the hats are awesome, and uh, I just wanted something Awesome in the sense that they keep your head warm or awesome for like a fashion statement? Uh, all of the above, <laughs> and also just like to wear it at the fight, I think would be fun. Just Are you to going to the fight? Like, no, no, no uh, uh, just like uh, when watch, I watch, watch it. party or something? Yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, because I think uh, we're going to go to a local bar here that you and I have uh, frequented before. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, because there's some, there's some pretty big UFC fans, MMA fans in the academy, so we're all going to oh, get cool. together and That'll be a good head team down. bonding experience. Yeah, exactly. So, should be good. I'm excited for the fight. Um, we've talked about before, kind of an unpredictable fight. Uh, two guys who are very good in two different areas, and uh, we'll see which one can have their way and enforce their their will upon the other. So, should be good. I'm kind of feeling like Connor will knock him out, but who knows? Wow. Maybe Connor's a little distracted by the proper you twelve. Heard it here first. You know, all that stuff. But every every round starts standing. So there's that. Mystic Mike, you heard it here first. He is calling a first-round knockout by <laughs> Mystic Mac. Yep. So I, I definitely think um, if you're going to bet on the fight, the value is in the underdog, no matter who it is. And it just so happens to be Connor, Connor in this scenario. So that's what I think. Speaking of picks... Uh, let's just give out our picks for the weekend. Oh man, I'm we're here. I'm so nervous about those picks that I sent you the other day. <laughs> so nervous. So, uh, Tommy and I are going to try out uh, a pick pick based segment. Actually, before we do that, let's just stay on the UFC a little bit. I'm getting distracted. I'm all over the place. I've had too <laughs> I'm much excited caffeine to this morning. I'm excited. Shout out to Bang Energy. <laughs> Shout out Bang Energy. Please send me a shipment. Just uh, a couple crates of Bang Energy. Yes, definitely. Winco is apparently selling them for a buck fifty a piece. I'm going. I don't know if I have those around me. Actually, mm. shoot. 
So, but anyway, uh, before we do that, let's stay on the OC for a sec. Um, other big news that came out since the last time we did a podcast. Johnny Bones Jones, uh, USADA came down with a ruling. It went to arbitration. He's only getting a 15-month suspension. He'll be uh, eligible to fight again late October, it sounds like. So, your thoughts, Tommy, on Johnny Bones Jones coming back? My my first thought is not directly related to John Jones. Is USADA, the United States Anti-Doping Agency, is that a real thing? And how do you know? Like, if so, re- real in what manner? Are there actually? Is there an actual establishment called USADA? Do they work? Where are they from? What kind of program are they running there? How do I know it's a real thing? Eddie Bravo thrown on the tinfoil hat. Yes. Early this morning. Yes. No, I, I get what you're saying, and apparently it is a nonprofit, non-governmental, five hundred one organization. Um, the CEO is Travis the Golden, Tiger, the Golden Snitch. No, 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 the Golden Snitch. Here, and here's something people get confused. The I know Golden he's Snitch not. Used he's not the head of it. Mm, okay, he is, doesn't even work for USADA anymore. Oh, is he water? The, the Golden Snitch works for the UFC. That's snitchy. He is a UFC employee who is the liaison or whatever you want to call him to USADA. I'm just so not 100% super shady. I'm just no, not no, 100% I, convinced that USADA is a real thing. And if they are a real thing, like there's an actual brick and mortar and people that come in and punch a card every day, that's one thing. But in terms of like their accountability and what they actually do, I'm skeptical. No, I agree. And I, just like with anything else, it, it, it can be influenced, especially if there's a right the right amount of money it can be anybody everybody has a price tommy and um i think the price was paid in order to get john jones yeah (laughs) exactly come on down yeah that's what i'm saying come on down johnny jones we need you again come on (laughs) yeah we're just kidding about that suspension yeah exactly and you know just like another institute that uh, was maybe influenced by another large promoter in their money that we'll get to later. Um, yeah, USADA, I think they were influenced on this because uh, I think the statement was something like, oh, um, we have determined that he didn't knowingly, t- that it is highly unlikely that he knowingly took the substance or whatever it is. Bullshit, man. That that whole thing has just been perpetuated by the mouthpieces of the UFC for, you know, over a year now. They've been saying that over and over again. They went to arbitration. You know, it wasn't public. It was behind closed doors with the deal that they struck. And I don't know what, what it really was or how they came to their conclusions. But... <sighs> I mean, going by their criteria for people who are multiple violators of the anti-doping policy, Jones should have received a much more, a much longer suspension and a much harsher punishment. They got worked out. He's back in. Am I happy? Yes. Am I sad for Daniel Cormier? Absolutely. Um, Why are you we'll sad see. for Cormier? Because the, I have a sneaking, like I have a sinking feeling in my chest that Jones will come back and beat Cormier. I'm hoping it's not true. 
How confident I have are no you that that, that that fight takes place? I'm pretty confident. Uh, I just think it's too much money for them to turn down. As, even Daniel, I think it's, I think it's too much money for him to turn down. I think, I think it'll probably be Daniel, John, and then Winner versus Brock. So, I don't know. Oh, you I'm think not. He fights Jones before Brock. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um. I just think the UFC hasn't always had Daniel Cormier's best interest at heart. I think um, the John Jones-Brock Lesnar fight is something that they want way more than the Daniel Cormier-Brock Lesnar fight. And I think that fight is ruined if Daniel Cormier um, beats John Jones or beats Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they're going to risk that. I think they're going to do Cormier-Jones. And then winner versus Brock. Hopefully they do it at heavyweight though, because I think Daniel Cormier's odds of beating John Jones are much higher at heavyweight, where he has more power apparently. And so you know, it, if it's true that he has more knockout power at heavyweight, which it seems like he did when he slept Stipe, um, you know maybe he has a better chance because it's not like he didn't hit John Jones in their previous fights, and if he has added power. Um, with the extra weight, he he definitely has a better chance of winning. So, right on. Um, do you think that John Jones will fight at two hundred five? Will he go up to heavyweight? What do you think he'll do? Um, I think he'll probably have a warm up fight first. I don't know who against. Um. I mean, Ovin St. Pierre. Ovin's Peru St. Pierre. <laughs> yeah, round two. Round two. Uh, he, light heavyweight is such a mess right now that, I mean, there are a number of guys sitting in the top ten that he could easily pick off. Let me just pull that up real quick. He could pick off. I could see them putting him against Volkan Ozdemir. Jan Blachowicz. I think that's how you pronounce it. Ilir Latifi, Jimmy Manoa, Corey Anderson. I think he'll be one of those guys in his first fight back. And then after that, they would match him up with Cormier. So. We'll see. We will see. Um, do you want to talk about, if you're done with UFC, did you want to talk about Triple G Canelo? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go with your thoughts first. First thoughts, great fight, awesome fight. Did you watch uh, the undercard? Um, no. I saw highlights of. I feel like everyone scored like first round knockouts. That's why. Yeah, that's it why was. the pay per view was all screwed up. They had to wait like an hour and a half for the main event to come on at eight p.m. Pacific time. Yeah. So it was a uh, Chocolatito got a fifth round knockout. And then Lemieux had a first or second round knockout. Lemieux had a first round knockout, mm -hmm. and then Jaime Munguia, Munguia had a third round, third round knockout. It was it messed up the timing of it all. <laughs> yeah, they Which had I'm like surprised. an hour and thirty minutes to yeah, kill. Yeah, I saw like Max Kellerman just like going over this structure of a boxing glove. It was weird. They were just running out of stuff to talk about. Yeah, it was really dumb how they did that. And I don't know. Whatever. I, know, it's kind of tough, I guess. Space out the fights in between, you know, if you get I the guess. knockout. I guess. I don't... 
it's kind of surprising that it doesn't happen more often when you think about it. Just yeah, some, it, you just don't know how long a fight's gonna last. It could last a minute or like an hour. Very, very true. Very, very true. So, uh, but we, when we finally got to the main event, what'd you think? Amazing. So glad that I was able to watch it live. Um, just two warriors going at it. Um, just two great examples of of the sweet science of of boxing. And I was rooting for Canelo. I don't have anything against Triple G. I like Triple G. Um, obviously, a great boxer, one of the best of our generation. But I, I was rooting for Canelo. I've been a Canelo fan for a while. Um, so was I biased? Probably slightly, but, uh, I thought it could have gone either way, but I, I do agree with the way the judges scored it just based on the fact that Canelo was the one that I felt was dictating, uh, the tempo of the fight and had that philosophical ring general, general ship. I think that's the term. Um, so I was okay with it. Do I think that Triple G has a reason to be upset with the scorecard. Yeah, for sure. And obviously based off the first fight as well, he got screwed on that card. Um, but I wouldn't hate um, a trilogy, even though it's technically not one and one, but uh, just a great night of boxing. Just really happy I was able to watch it. Your thoughts? So let me, a- let me oh, ask you this. What's up? Well, first off, let me just say is fantastic fantastic fight probably Um, the fight of the year at least from what i've watched in boxing absolutely i mean yeah just just because of the magnitude and also the um the high level of skill involved and and the 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 build up to it and like the stuff that's happened in the past all that it's just just fantastic fantastic in every every element that it takes to make a great fight it, it delivered on um like we said, undercard. Um, they specifically made a bunch of mit- mismatches on the undercard to try and get a bunch of knockouts. Um, Chocolatito didn't look great. Is obviously on the back nine of his career and uh, was sliding a bit. Um, struggled against a guy who really hadn't. You know, he's he's ranked about twelfth in the world, but I'm not even sure that's. That's a legit ranking. He's also on the down, downslide. Um, but got the knockout. I'm glad because uh, he's somebody that I've watched for a long time, and I'm just, you know, it makes me sad that he has to keep fighting because he doesn't have uh, the financial security that he wants. But uh, I'm glad he was able to get the win. And then Jaime Munguia uh, kind of struggled in his last fight, and we were gonna see if he made any changes. Um, coming into this fight, he didn't. But his opponent was was uh, of a level that he was still able to get him out of there pretty early. Um, still think he's going to struggle when he gets to some of the top fighters at 154. Um, a lot of guys will give him trouble. I'd like to see him against a uh, Austin Trout or somebody and see how he does. Um, Lemieux uh, does what Lemieux does. He crushes cans, baby, and. Um, Hey, uh, took Tommy's Tommy's much, advice. Right. So, how much of his purse do I get? Like thirty percent. Um, how much of his hair got cut off? Uh, the percentage 80. of hair length he lost is equal to the amount you get from his purse. So I get eighty-five percent of his purse. <laughs> Probably yes. So like one point seven five million. I'll take it. Done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spike O'Sullivan just had no business being in there with him. Um, a guy who's not a great. Great boxer. Neither is Lemieux, but Lemieux has a ton of power. 
Um, yes, he does. Is just ridiculous the amount of power that dude has, and um, able to get him out of there real quick. And it's part of the reason he has so much power. Do you see how much he rehydrated to? He gained like twelve pounds. Uh, no, he gained nineteen pounds. Jeez, <laughs> one hundred and seventy nine. He rehydrated to. Um, Spike O'Sullivan only rehydrated like 166 or 168 or something like that. So, um, crazy amount of weight gain there for Lemieux. But hey, if you're allowed to do it, yeah, you know, he's playing within the confines of the rules and he made weight. So it is what it I is. Mean, that's probably what he walks around at though, right? He just had such a big time weight cut. Yeah, exactly. That's he's just you a know, big guy. Big guy. And that's, that's where a lot of his power comes from. Yeah. That's one of the advantages of cutting weight, mm-hmm. you know, so got the huge knockout um did you have a question for me oh yeah i do and i was getting to it oh my bad but, um, go ahead but so excellent fight i don't want to take anything away from either of these fighters um canelo basically reinvented himself basically completely reinvented canelo alvarez and did did came out fighting a style that we'd never really seen him fight before and was able to do it successfully. You know, he he was on the front foot. He was pushing Triple G back when it was the exact opposite in the last fight. Um, very impressive for Canelo to come out and and employ that strategy and do it well. Um, looked like he had improved cardio from all his other fights before. Honestly, um, still kind of faded a little bit late. So my question to you is. Rounds, uh, rounds one through eight. Do you think Canelo won how many of those rounds? One through eight. Four or five. Four or five. Okay. Now rounds nine through twelve. How many do you think Triple G won? Nine through twelve. Nine through twelve. So two you or know, three. The last he kind of he like hurt him in nine or ten. I can't remember which yeah. one. Yeah, I think he won two or three of rounds nine through twelve. Okay, so two or three nine through twelve, Canelo won. <laughs> I'm just saying. So with the numbers add up, I think the most, the most l- lenient scorecard you can give to Canelo is a draw, in my opinion. Yeah, just like last fight. The most lenient scorecard I think you can give to Golovkin is winning by two, maybe three rounds. I think it just goes back to that theory that, like, are you judging? I feel like there's different ways you can score a fight. You can look at the compu box. You can look at the amount of damage that one appears to have, um, like, on their face, bloody, which shouldn't be it, but can influence the the scorecard. Uh, You can look at just the way that the fight is being like the tempo of it and who's dictating that tempo so i think there's a lot of factors that go into it that might not necessarily show up on like a stat sheet Um, definitely 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 there's so many variables that can influence it there's one there's one bone i have to pick with the scoring and you you had said the word is ring generalship yeah i get ring generalship i get that i get controlling the pace and tempo of the fight but if you are just moving forward and eating a shit ton of jabs to your face. But if the jabs that don't, is not ring generalship. But if the jabs <laughs> don't like hurt you at all and you can still walk through them, 
Like, like I could I could throw a jab and hit Canelo two hundred times. Well, I don't know if that actually lands, <laughs> but like just theoretically, if I hit Canelo yeah. two hundred times with a jab, I don't think he would even blink once. I don't think I would inflict any damage. So, it, yeah, he was. But you jab. can't say no damage, and and Canelo just walking forward isn't doing any damage to Triple G, whereas the the jabs are doing some damage. But in the first fight, Triple G was the one stalking his prey and walking. Canelo True, but the difference time. is in both fights, Triple G outlanded Canelo. Outlanded, but at how much damage was inflicted? Well, who are we to say? The only person who was hurt in that fight was Canelo. Maybe. How do we? Yeah, uh, no, they he both... was definitely hurt in that tenth round. I think he was, he was wobbled. wobbled. He got wobbled for a second. Yeah, for like three I'd... seconds, he he, tri- he got his but, equilibrium. But back. was Triple G ever wobbled in that fight? It's hard to say with that uh, Soviet bloc's bone structure. <laughs> so, but he did so, have a he did so, have a cu- well, he was the first he, one to have the cut over his right eye. I think he was the see, first cuts, one to show blood. Cuts to me are not indicative of damage, and, and that, just and because right. cuts are also an accumulation of, of like the scar, scar tissue buildup of yeah, a long career. Nate Whereas D- Canelo, Canelo's twenty eight, Triple G's thirty six. Right, Nate you Diaz. Know? If you like sneeze on Nate Diaz, he'll start bleeding out of his orbital bones. Yeah, exactly. Right, so but it does have some cu- influence. Cuts are not always indicative to me of damage, though. He, what What's indicative to me of damage... I mean, something landed the, to get a cut open. Though. Are the are the weebly-wobblies. Weebly-wobblies is legit. Yeah. And he was... That's, that's say, what's... And not only that, but holding. So Canelo true. was not holding in rounds one through eight, one he through did, seven. He did down the stretch, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. And, and so we have a clear-cut moment in time, whether however small it may be. That the Triple G hurt Canelo, hurt him. Yeah, we, we can't honestly say that we know that Triple G was hurt at any one point in the fight uh, by Canelo. We can say that Triple G consistently outlanded Canelo throughout not, the fight. Not he landed more, but his percentage wasn't as high. So does that factor in? See, I I don't really care about percentage because it's like more if efficient, you can, it's more if, effective. Well, efficient, 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 sure, but effective, we we can't really say. The more effective was the person who got hurt the most. You know what I'm saying? Like when Canelo got wobbled for that, like three to five second, it's it felt like a a while. But when he was wobbled before he got, I thought that was, I thought that was going to be the deciding factor. If nothing else serious happened, and I don't think anything else seriously happened after that moment, I thought that was going to be the deciding factor, and that's what would win the scorecard. Yeah, I agree, and it's like. So you know you're you're saying um, you're saying the jabs of Golovkin. You're like ah, they, did did they really do that much damage? Well, then you can say the exact same thing about all the body shots that Canelo landed, because Triple G not only didn't slow down later in the fight because of the body shots, he increased his pace later in the fight, and Canelo was the one slowing down. I thought there so were some rounds where Triple G was slow to get off of his stool and wasn't exactly feeling that hot in his corner. No, I agree, but I would say those were the earlier rounds. Like rounds like four through eight? Yeah, 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 exactly. Four through eight, and then I feel like he came on stronger later. Yeah, uh, he definitely finished stronger than I anticipated. He got like a second win that you rarely see. Well, I I think his second win coincided with Canelo kind of gassing a little bit and then getting hurt, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. It Just to me, in my opinion, you could maybe score that fight a draw or you score it for Triple G. I don't see a scenario where you could score that fight for Canelo. Now, that being said, I didn't rewatch the fight. 
um, and I need to rewatch it without commentary because mm-hmm. that can also bias you. But I mean, it depends on who you were listening to because uh, Max was super high on Canelo early, was kind of down on him late. Roy Jones uh, Jr. was saying throughout the fight that as long as Canelo is coming forward, they're going to give him the fight, all this stuff. I think there's two fights in a row where Golovkin, you err on the side of Golovkin. The, the, the fight mostly went to Golovkin. That in two fights in a row where he's gotten screwed. I think after the first fight, you and I were talking about if there's like this bias, whether it's known or like conscious or subconscious when you're watching a Triple G fight, that if he doesn't just brutally knock somebody out, then there's no way that he won the fight because he's built up this reputation of just absolutely dominating his opponent. So because he's like going into these 12 round battles and it's kind of back and forth and it's a tight fight that there's no way triple G won Cause if when he wins, he just obliterates people and knocks people out. So it's almost possibly working against him. The fact that he's going deep into these fights that are like tactical and you know, it's back and forth. Yeah. Or even if the fact that like the, and this is what, was said by Max early on the fact that Triple G was on the back foot. Yeah, that's, you know yeah. we I haven't mean, seen I... that ever. Not one time in Triple G's career was he on the back foot for the majority of the fight. That's what I was saying earlier, man. I think that that influences the judges a lot, whether it's right or wrong, whether that means anything or not. I think that does influence the judge to some degree. I, I agree, but then that means that the judges are fucking dumb dumbs. <laughs> I think we've stated so. that many times before this fight and regarding <laughs> other sports and other fights, I think. Because here the way, here's the way I looked at it, and maybe I am have my own subconscious biases because, you, you know, Clonello Alvaroids, you know, and his tainted taco supplements Easy. or... Or um, the fact that he beat up some boxer because he was talking to his girlfriend or whatever and almost beat him to death. Um, or the fact that I just don't like gingers. F- you know, yeah. fuck gingers. Um, you know, Hot take. they're soulless, soulless subhumans. So, um, just kidding. I, I love you, Kate Mara. And me too. Um, don't hit me up, but hit me up. Um, Faye Reagan. It, yeah. Favorite? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was you like, had to think about Ooh. that one for and a then second. I was like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Mikey thought process oh. there. <laughs> uh, shout out Pornhub, sponsor us. Um, sure. <laughs> but so, um, yeah. Uh, where was I? I got yeah, that'll throw you off. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did get distracted there. <laughs> oh, oh! Here's what here's what I was going to say. So, the the thing that so they were like put Golovkin on the back foot. He's obviously losing the fight because we haven't seen Golovkin on the back foot. No, what impressed me is that Canelo Alvarez completely reinvented himself and did something that he's never done before and did it very well. And Golovkin still won, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like that's what I see is the in. in because Golovkin was landing more shots. I mean, like, you can say, oh, this person landed the harder shots or that person landed the harder shots. But you can't really say that because only the fighter really knows how much they got hurt by a shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. But the fighter's never going to admit that. Exactly. So the only time that we can say that somebody obviously landed the harder shots are when they get wobbled to me. Yeah, that's that's hard. You can't hide that. Like any casual yeah. fan at home can see 
when somebody's wobbled. Yeah, exactly. And, or when somebody's grabbing. And you know who didn't grab? Golovkin didn't grab, like, at all in the entire fight. It was mm-hmm. Canelo consistently grabbing late and holding late and just trying to avoid certain situations, which is a strategy for sure. But when you're not doing it throughout the fight, it looks... It appears to me as an outside it, observer it, yeah. that you're doing it because you're in a bad situation. It's like the prevent defense. It's like, well, I don't yeah. know if I can handle this right now. We got to, like, pull it back. Whereas somebody like Mayweather or somebody like um, Klitschko, who uses it throughout the fight, and is just a consistent part of their strategy. Like, Klitschko would just throw a one-two and then grab afterwards. So, <laughs> so that way you can counter, you know. And then they break and one-two grab. <laughs> okay, break, one-two grab, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's just, like, part of his strategy, and that's what he does the whole time. When you don't have that as part of your entire strategy and you just use it in certain parts of the fight, it makes it look like you're in trouble. And that may be me being an idiot, but uh, he also looked wobbled on his I think that's something that needs to be considered for sure. But either way, great fight. Makes me extremely sad for Triple G because he's 36 years old. Maybe 37 now? How Um, big of an influence do you think it is that they didn't want to give the fight to Triple G because he's on his way out, and Canelo still has like. I I think that was a huge influence. Ten, yeah, six to ten. Huge good influence, years. and not only that, but Canelo is the only thing keeping Golden Golden Boy Promotions financially viable. Literally, so. What about your boy uh, Danny Garcia or Ryan Garcia? Yeah, Ryan Garcia. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's what I said since day one. Yeah, un- unfortunately. Um, it appears that all the young prospects that Golden Boy has invested a lot of their um, their future into, um, Ryan Garcia, Jaime Munguia, they're both looking like also Rans. You know, they're they're like not. They're both young. They still have time to improve, so anything can happen. But they both kind of got to the upper echelon of fighters, struggled a bit, had another fight to be able to show improvement, and showed none. So that's not good for Golden Boy going forward. Um, Ryan Garcia is still undefeated, isn't he? But he hasn't fought anybody. As is Jaime Munguia. Yeah, they're both they're both undefeated, and Jaime uh, has has a title. He won it off of Saddam Ali, knocked him out um, after Ali had won it off of Miguel Cotto. Uh, is Garcia yeah. gonna fight Javante Davis? For his health and safety, I hope not. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. That that would not be good for uh, Golden Boy yeah. Promotions. Gravanta would destroy him. They the should avoid that fight as much him. as possible. I mean, honestly, they might Brian have to Garcia just... needs needs a lot of just kind of gimme fights where for him to improve for another like um, five years. He's another guy who I think, yeah, for five, yeah, seriously though. No, it, I wasn't it, kidding. It, and he needs somebody else training him besides his dad if he can't make improvements under his dad. And they kind of did that with um with with Mungia. They brought in Oscar De La Hoya's trainer because he was primarily trained by his father before this. Um, they had the fight where he struggled a little bit, so they tried to bring in somebody else to mix it up. He still hasn't made the changes, so I don't know if that's just an, a, a personality characteristic of Mungia. Uh, a learning characteristic of Mungia. Maybe it's just going to take more time. Who knows? We'll see. But right now, neither of those guys are going to... They're not going to challenge the top guys in their division. I mean, it, for Garcia, like you said, it's Davis. It's Miguel Burchelt. It's... um, 
130 Davis, Burchelt. I mean, Loma if you want to count him at 130. Um, but even against like non top 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 tier guys, um, he's he's gonna struggle and and probably lose. Uh, and then same with Mungia, uh, you put him up against Charlo, and I think that's that he's getting slept. Um, you put him against Lara, he's gonna get outpointed, and I think he's gonna struggle with guys like Trout. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. But not looking good for the future of Golden Boy. Um, and uh, not looking good for the future of Triple G, just because I feel like his uh, his legacy is going to be tainted now. He's not going to be remembered as the boxer that he was, the incredible talent that he was. He's just going to be an also ran, and people are going to forget his name in a couple of years. So I hope not, because that run that he went on for, I don't know, 10 years or so, where he just knocked everybody out, that was special. Yeah, and the prime of his career was wasted because nobody wanted to fight him. Literally, no one wanted to fight him. So it's just I, I didn't even want extremely frustrated. I didn't even want to fight him. <laughs> and Tommy wants to fight everybody. Sure. Tommy thinks he's got a shot, no matter who who he's up against. So doesn't matter where, when, how. I'll fight you. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. And then as far as next for Canelo, um, I hopefully. I don't know how much time tr- Triple G has left. Maybe they'll do a third one, and he'll be able to cash out right out in the sunset. Um, that's probably the best career path I see for him. Hopefully he doesn't keep trying to fight and get put in against a younger guy like Charlo and maybe lose because I, I just don't know how much, how many miles are left on the odometer. You know, I just I don't know how long he can still have the speed and the timing and the power that he has now um and the chin for that matter if i'm canelo uh, i don't i don't think i'd want to fight triple g again if i'm canelo i mean it's the biggest money fight he can do right now money wise maybe but how many more scorecards can he get favored by I mean, you know, how many millions does Oscar De La Hoya have in the bank? So I guess so. Directly you know, related. I, I mean, we'll see. Um, there's, you know, I think they were trying to set up Lemieux Canelo. Ooh, that's, that's an easy fight for Canelo that he can win. Um, and, and I get think money. that's a legit fight. I think that would sell, too. Yeah, no. Yeah, it would definitely sell just because Lemieux, he, he has a great highlight reel. The promo for that cuts itself. Um put him in there he's you know a decent looking dude pr- speaks pretty well charismatic um has a lot of confidence himself mm-hmm. so you could easily do that fight um i honestly would like to see him against billy joe saunders i'd like to see him against charlo i don't know if we'll see those but that's what i that's what i'd like to see so but anyway do you want to do our college football picks yeah let's do the picks baby Oh man, I'm you scared. first. I'm nervous. It's uh, it's an all dog weekend for for Tommy. Uh, for some reason, when I was looking at the the slate of college football games, I just really liked all the home dogs this week. So I've got four picks. Um, there's a fifth pick, but it's got an asterisk on it, and I, I didn't tell anybody publicly, but I had Washington State plus four and a half last night. So pat on the back for me. Who by the skin of your teeth? By the skin of my <laughs> teeth. I felt really good in the second half when they were up by double digits, and then. USC's freshman quarterback decided to make me nervous. 
Yep. Um, so today's slate of games, Saturday, September 22nd, 2018. I've got Wake Forest at home versus Notre Dame, plus seven and a half. I've got... One second. Hey, great job, Tommy. Way to be prepared. I've got Georgia Tech plus 16.5 at home versus Clemson. Uh, that triple option seems to give teams some problems. Uh, my only qualm is that most teams aren't Clemson's defense, so I'm a little nervous exactly. about that. <laughs> I saw the number, and I'm like, oh, dude, Georgia Tech can keep that close. And then I like thought about it. I'm like, yeah, but it's Clemson's defense, and it doesn't matter if they're at home or away, what offense they're playing. Clemson's defense just shuts you down. It's kind of what they do for fun. Then moving on to the Big Ten, I've got Indiana plus four and a half at home versus Michigan State. I'm just not impressed by Michigan State at all. I've never been a Michigan State guy. Give me four and a half at home. I think Indiana's undefeated. If not, they're two and one. Uh, so I'll take that. And then for Pac-12 after dark, I've got Arizona State plus 17 on the road versus Washington. Uh, the 10th rate Huskies. And Arizona State's won like 11 out of 12 last meetings versus Washington. Obviously, every year is different, but I feel like they've had their number for a while. Seventeen uh, is a lot of points. I don't think Washington's offense is that potent. Um, but given the fact that I just said that, they'll win by 35. And those <laughs> are my four picks for the weekend. Very nice. Yeah. And uh, I, I've got some picks as well. Yeah. Hit me uh, Mikey is a two-team teaser guy You're when Mikey he teaser. bets football. So my first pick actually already played. Um I had UCF, Central Florida, and they with the T's, they were minus six and a half ag- at home against Florida yeah. Atlantic. Yeah, they won by 20. And 20. Uh, Should have just went straight up on that, but yeah. whatever. Uh, and then they are paired with Clemson, so opposing Tommy. Ooh. We could still both cover Crossfire. because of the seven-point T's, you know. Um, we could still both be correct on that, but... Uh, you know, when you have Clemson, I, when I gave these picks, they were uh, 15-5, so uh, minus 8.5 on the road against Tech. A touchdown and a field goal, I'll I, take I, it. I think you're okay with that. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> and then um, my secondary team, I am first and foremost a Nebraska Cornhuskers fan, uh, but my secondary team is Okie State, uh, just because my buddy Karen, shout out to Karen, shout that out. I... Uh, that I met down in, in Dias Air Force Base. He's a big Okie State fan, and uh, every Saturday there's, n- you know, there's nothing to do in Ambling, Texas, anyway. But we'd go and watch college football, and so I'd end up rooting for Oklahoma State. They, when I first did this, they were um, minus eleven and a half. Yeah, minus eleven and a half uh, point favorites at home against Texas Tech. Um, now they're up to fourteen point five, but so I have them minus four point five over Texas Tech at home. It looked great last week against Boise, um, and Boise's looked great. You know, mm-hmm. prior to that, Boise mm-hmm. smacked FAU earlier, and um, big bad FAU. Yeah, so Oklahoma State looking good. Massey ratings really likes Oklahoma State. They're like nine and they're slated on massey ratings projected to like win every game except their game against oklahoma so if you really want to spice up your saturday you'll bet the over in the texas tech oklahoma state game which i think the (laughs) over under is like 98 
Uh, no, 77.5. I think it's like 100. So if you bet the over, that'll be a whirlwind of a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, do people actually call it Oakey State? Is that I a do. thing? Oh, I you do. Okay. Oakey State, the Pokes. Shout out to the Pokes. Sure. Um, but, and then so uh, Oklahoma State is paired up with Georgia, minus seven at Missouri, home. right? Or at Missouri? I yeah. think they're at Missouri. That's, Against that's, Missouri. That's, that's an early, that's a noon kickoff. Actually, I think that's starting right now. Yeah. Get your picks in. starting. Get them in. Get them in. So. You got Those Georgia picks. minus seven on the road versus Missouri? Yeah, minus oh, seven on the road yeah, versus that's Missouri. Th- or wait, I, no. Yeah, minus seven. That should be, that's, that should be a win. Yeah, I think so. So, anyway. Those are the picks. Um, your thoughts on college football and what's going on? I love it. The it's Storm my and Mormons with I, the upset. I'm just college football is my probably top three favorite things on earth. I love college oh, football yeah. Saturdays. Um, yeah, I love it. I don't really have like a particular solid team I root for every year. I've got like coaches and players that I root for, but just yeah. one of my favorite things to do is on like a Monday or a Tuesday is just look at whatever sporting app you use and just look at the the full slate for the Saturday games. And just looking Same. at all the matchups, oh, so good! Like that, and looking at like the brackets in March, just so much fun, so exhilarating. And bowl matchups when they when those when the bowls come out in like early December, oh, that's the best. Yeah, and I just it's much more enjoyable than uh, NFL for yeah. me, NFL, simply because um, every game means something. Right. So like, I like the NFL. I watch it obviously all the time, but college football is sacred to me. Yep. And uh today also marks the return of Urban Meyer. Yikes. Yep. Yikes. So uh they seem the to be doing short lived suspension. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the brutal iron fist of the Oklahoma or Ohio State chairmans and whatever they got going there. Came yeah. down hard. Uh they didn't seem to really miss a beat without without old Urban. Yep. That was an impressive win, down it? I was going to say that was an impressive win um, versus TCU on the road last week, overcoming some adversity down early. Oh, definitely. In a hostile but, environment. Um, but I'm sure, you know. They'll, ki- they'll kick it up a notch. I'm sure people had earpieces in. I'm sure Urban oh, Meyer they, well suspended. Are you saying Urban Meyer would skirt the rules? <laughs> <laughs> to try to win, to try no. to gain a competitive advantage. <laughs> no. I can't believe you would accuse him of such <laughs> things as that. Not, not my Urban, not the Urban not I know, the, <laughs> the cardiac, <laughs> the cardiac kid, Urban Meyer. Yeah. Yikes! What's the spread on the Tulane Ohio State game? That's got to be minus sixty-four. <laughs> I have no Jesus. idea. Maybe they didn't even drop a line. Jesus! Ugh. Shout out Tulane. Hope thirty-seven. Hope, Hope nobody gets hurt. Yeah, th- oh, how, how about this? How about Alabama is hosting tech number twenty two under undefeated no not undefeated rather two and one undefeated Texas A and M at home and they're like minus twenty six point favorites. That's insane. Yeah, I was gonna bring that <laughs> up as well. And yeah. Tommy had made the claim that is this the best Alabama team that Nick Saban has had? I'm upping it. This is the greatest college football team ever assembled. Dude, they look good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're going to um, win a game by less than 10 points this season. Yeah. In I a, mean, they a, just look phenomenal. I, I don't – find a weak point for me, please. 
<laughs> they have a no. young, th- uh, the only thing that the criticism that I felt like I heard about Alabama was that is that they had an inexperienced secondary, not a bad in- secondary, an inexperienced, which just means we haven't actually seen them play yet. So far, there you go. they've passed with flying colors. Yeah, seriously. I think LSU they will give them like problems. Juggernauts. Yeah. yeah, I mean LSU, Auburn. Those are you know they're gonna have tough matchups in the SEC, obviously. But gee, yikes! Gosh, that quarterback is good. Yeah, he may uh, upset Kyler Murray for the Heisman. I'm not re- ready to admit that yet. I'm still, I'm still a Kyler Murray fan. They're yeah. still on the the Kyler Murray for Heisman campaign. Yeah, until they run up against Oklahoma State. What? what? I mean, they'll score 56 points. They'll probably <laughs> give up 57, but they'll they'll score points. Yeah, I love I love Big 12 football. Oh, it's, it's a, just so it's fun. a riot. Just so many blown coverages. So many 85 yard touched like three yard slant routes for an 85 yard <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> I think every Big Twelve defensive player has some type of like bounty gate for overs or something. Something. Yeah, I love it. It's good. But staying on college football, um, did you see the results of the Maryland investigation? I did exactly as I believe we predicted about a month ago, if not earlier, that Maryland was the training staff, medical staff was found uh, culpable for the death of McNair, uh, the young student-athlete who died back in May. Just another tragic chapter in a very sad book. Yeah, and I, I didn't see the, they found found culpable, but what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, like what comes from this? Oh, you didn't see the report that came out? No, I saw the report, but oh, I'm saying, bad. like, what's the... What's going to happen? Um, regarding, like the head coach, coach get fired, are they held to, accountable for millions of dollars? Are they? I guess the coach is still on administrative leave, whatever that means. So just nothing is happening. <laughs> it just uh, it sounds the like they're just trending water until this blows over, and then they can pretend like it never happened. Yeah, I mean, if you're the family, I mean. Does that automatically mean you get how many millions of dollars? I I hope Um, they're handsomely compensated, but that doesn't bring back the loss of a child. Yeah, not at all. Or any type of prevention to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Yeah. Does the entire coaching staff get fired? Absolutely not. Did you see Maryland beat Texas to start the season? I did, but then I saw them get smacked by Temple. That's all right. They beat Texas, so everybody can stay on staff and on payroll. Yeah, it's just it's sickening, you know. It they is. basically killed a kid, killed a kid, get away with it. And that's what I was going to talk about as well. Justice system is fucked up, man. <laughs> no jurisprudence. Yeah. The did you did you know the rich and well connected. The justice system works completely differently than it does for normal people or, you know, non-white people. Or even look at the Connor situation where he throws that dolly, people get cut up and everything. Oh, cool. You're good to go. Um, you Time served, you know, or whatever it was, you know. And, and if that was somebody else who threw a dolly through, like, say, the window of a store or at a car and cut somebody up, they're doing time, you know, and they're going to come out a hardened criminal. And it's just the justice system for 
the poor or even just like the lower middle class or minorities is just completely different than it is for well-connected people with lots of money. So, Agreed. It's just very strange. Very, very strange. I've added jurisprudence to my like language uh, lexicon. Pretty okay. happy with it. Yeah. yeah. Big news coming out of my camp. Yeah, you just gotta find opportunities in which to insert it. I which you th- did well there. Yeah, so. I throw it around a lot. I don't always uh, use it where it's applicable, but most people just go with it. I think, or just like probably mumble something underneath their breath. But I like yeah. throwing it out there. Yeah, they're like, "Good on you, Tommy. Beautiful." Yeah, Beautiful. that's not how that word works, but at least you said it right. Hey, yeah, good for you. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, I think that's all I have for college football. Yeah, we um, went pretty deep there. Yeah. Any other sports-related things? you still paying attention to baseball? or? I'm paying attention to the NL West race because my beloved Dodgers are coming down to the wire. We need. I think our magic number is like eight or somewhere around there. Um, against yeah. the, the Rockies are right on our heels. Um, so that's coming down to the wire. The Dodgers lost last night, and the Rockies won. And we lost at home to the Padres, which is not ideal when you're coming down the stretch <laughs> and trying to clinch a division. Yeah. So uh, I wish they could just take care of business, but because they're the Dodgers, they're just going to try to hurt, rip my heart out and spit it back out and do whatever to me. So uh, that's what I'm paying attention to. I'm kind of just ready for the playoffs to get here already, as I'm sure all the players are as well after such a long season. But uh, loosely following the MLB right now. Yeah, for me, MLB doesn't matter until the playoffs at all. <laughs> until October. Like, I don't, I don't even bother watching. The month of September, I feel like they could just scoot up the playoffs a month. Because, like, once football starts, how, I mean, how much are people really paying attention to the MLB once college and NFL starts? Until the, play- until the playoffs start, rather. Because at least the playoffs get some ratings. But yeah, the last month is brutal. Definitely. Especially if you're a team that's been, like, out of the race for, like, two months. Like, this last month has just got to be a drag. Yeah, it's like, what's the point? Like, what are we doing here? And then you've Are people p- coming to your games? <laughs> no, there's, like, <laughs> 6,000 people in attendance in, like, a 45,000 stadium. And you've got a bunch of minor league players that are coming up and getting reps and stuff. It's got to just be, like, spring training 2.0, except the season's over. Yeah. It's... It's just pointless. <laughs> I mean, it, I guess it's a good excuse for people to go out and, you know, go to Safeco, have Socialize. a couple of rainy ears. Oh, yeah. And, Safeco's um, a, a delight. Some garlic fries, for sure. Some but grasshoppers uh, for all those savages out there. <laughs> it's a good time, but, yeah, the, the games don't matter, for no. sure. And then, so, yeah, I think that's it for sports. Um, yeah, tomorrow is the debut on CNN uh the final season of Parts Unknown Anthony Bourdain show and yeah so my wife and I were watching I think we saw that and so then we went on Netflix and we're watching episodes and we were also thinking about places we wanted to take vacations to mm-hmm. so you know we'll watch Bourdain show to kind of it's so good yeah, it's so good. It just so good. tells you tells you about the culture, the food, all that stuff, and gives you an idea of the feel of the place and the people uh, there and yeah, everything. Yeah, you feel like you're there. Yeah, and so uh, 
It's like we're watching fi- the. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say the show itself is like, I guess it's technically kind of like about food and stuff, but I feel like it's like ten percent about food and like ninety percent about the culture and life wherever he is in that city. It's awesome. Oh, definitely. And he was just talking. He's talked about that before about how the meals is just a way in. You know, it's a way in. It allows mm-hmm. people to open up because when you sit down and have a meal with somebody, they're going to be telling you about their life and very their intimate. family. And yeah, exactly. So, you know, we were watching that because we're also thinking about looking ahead to the future and me getting off probation. We want to take a, a, a big vacation to kind of start yeah. that just to celebrate what we've accomplished. And, um, you know, I'd read read some articles that Argentina's economy's hurting, so <laughs> so it's a good time to visit Argentina. But um, we popped on yeah. Bourdain's uh, Buenos Aires uh, episode of Parts Unknown, and man, it's a little rough watching the show post his suicide. Um, and you know, you don't want to assume stuff or presume to know the internal thoughts of Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. But this Buenos Aires episode specifically, because um, apparently Buenos Aires has a reputation of loving sadness and kind of a lot of people go to therapy and stuff. And so there's the segment where Bourdain is kind of sitting down with a therapist and kind of mocking the idea of therapy. And... Um, he says some pretty, some things that that are pretty kind of shake you in light of the suicide. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's it's definitely. Just, it's just, yeah, he was talking about how his life is depressingly lonely. Mm, that's what I was gonna say. He's, he's yeah, just seems like a lonely individual. No matter how many people are around him, mm-hmm. that's, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I feel like he was just so lonely in his own head and thoughts and just the way he views. The world. And he's talk, he's and talking about traveling 200 days a year, mm-hmm. and he's sitting down on the couch. He's, he's describing a recurring dream he has to the therapist about he's in this old Victorian hotel with all these rooms, and he can't leave. And he tries to remember how to, how to go home, and he can't remember where it is. Jeez, that's depressing. Yeah, and just like in light of everything that happened, in light of the, you know, I feel like a greater connection to Bourdain because I've seen him sit down with people and, you know, do things that I want to do and kind of he opens up and is very honest about his own life. It's just rough to hear those things post and he's talking about how he's, um, he's terrible at communicating with people he cares most about. Um, he's talking about how he liked to do just like normal mundane things because early in his life and even now he doesn't really get an opportunity to do that. How he likes just like cooking in his backyard for family and stuff like that. And it's just rough looking back um, and watching the episode knowing how, how that situation ends. Um, just tough, but uh, I definitely want to watch his last season. It's such a good show. It's it's a great show. I, it just makes yeah. me like happy and like comfortable and just I don't know. It's a great show. It definitely, makes me want to go. Makes me want to go everywhere that he went, even if I didn't have any 
previous wanting to go there. He just makes it seem such like a desirable place to go. Yeah. Yeah, and it just really gives you a real picture of the people there and the culture there, and it humanizes them. Yes. Which is the biggest thing, because I feel like a lot of times with in the u.s or wherever you know we can look at people in other places and dehumanize them because we feel like they're so different than we are yep. when in reality we have a lot of the same hopes and aspirations and you know we show love the same way and we um enjoy our downtime the same way and it just it just makes you feel more connected to humans in general which i feel is becoming more and more important as we become increasingly isolated so i'm with you man that's uh just a tragic story obviously um did you want to talk about mac miller at all i was just gonna go into that (laughs) i was gonna stay on it yeah kind of along the same lines uh yeah so i'll let you go because it was it was you know since the last time we had a podcast tommy is now a year older yeah you're older you're wiser. Um, Mac Miller took his own life on September 7th, 2018. He was 26 years old. Mac Miller was a very accomplished musical artist um, from a pretty young age and um, had had problems with substance abuse in his past um, and took his life at his home in Studio City just a couple of weeks ago. And I feel like new podcast, same story about celebrities and and substance abuse and just overall depression in their lives. And it's tragic. And, um, yeah, this one shook me a lot. I guess just because I was similar in age and I feel like I grew up listening to him in like high school and college. And it was all like feel good music. It was just, you know, you're hanging out with your buddies and you're listening to Mac Miller and you're just having a good time. So for him to to take his life, just another celebrity death that kind of shook me, and this one in particular definitely related to in the in the sense that I felt like I had grown up with it, listening to his music. Yeah, it was another rough one. Um, another one that had problems with opiates. Lean was his drug of choice. Um, he liked codeine and promethazine that mix. So. Opiates seem to be a huge, huge problem and a huge drug of choice amongst people with um, depression or that sort of thing. It seems like a a way to cope. And I think a lot of people look at both Mac Miller or Bourdain or whoever and they see these celebrities and they're like, what do they have to be so sad about? But they don't realize that they're... Like Bourdain mm-hmm. was saying, his existence, his reality is extremely lonely and extremely isolating when you're on the road 200 plus days every year and you can't always bring your family and friends with you and, you know, you're you're constantly under pressure to perform and do well. And then when you have these feelings of, of dissatisfaction, you have everybody telling you that this is what you need to be happy so if if you have all the elements that, you know, traditional American society tells you that you need to be happy and you're not happy, it, I can see how it gives you a, a deep sense of hopelessness. 
because you're like, well, it doesn't get better than this. And mm-hmm. that's what, that's another thing that I saw on Parts Unknown that was kind of disturbing. Bourdain, and I don't want to presume, well, I'm going to presume, and I'm going to speculate on it, but I don't, I'm doing this in a way of trying to understand and not saying that I know exactly what he was thinking, but it's like he was trying to convince himself that this is what he should be doing. Because he was, there's this specific scene where this guy is grilling sausages to sell, and um, he's like, my life is great. I get to travel wherever I want to go. I get to do what I want to do. I have a lot of say in, in this. He's like, that, putting sausages on the grill, that's real work. I should be grateful. And, and it was said in a way that, in retrospect, you're like, does he believe that? You know, does he, he, he it's, it's like he's trying to convince himself in order to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the problem is, like, people are doing what they think they should be doing to be happy instead of finding out what it is that actually gives them joy. Because, like, Bourdain... I'm sure with residuals and stuff, and if he would have managed his money well, he, he doesn't have to do that. He could do the mundane things that he likes enjoying, you know, cooking and spending time with his daughter and just, like, not having the pressure of having to travel 200-plus days a year and, and that. But I just I think they get locked into this path, and they think there's no other way, and that that wouldn't be as good as this, and that they would just be more upset doing that than this, and... It's being a celebrity and having that life is a lot more complicated than people make it out to be, and we shouldn't make light of the the situations where they take their own lives because, in our in our view, they had everything necessary to be happy. Right. I think something that you just touched upon resonated with me. Um, the fact that you know you get to the this high echelon of society and wealth and fame and power. And then you're kind of like, well, what else is there? Is there anything else? Like, I've I've done everything I thought I could do. I've got more money than I ever thought I could have. I get to eat at these restaurants or meet these people or, or whatever it is. But, I, like, where do you go from there? And I think a lot of people struggle with that. Uh, like, in my own personal life, you know, I'm going through a grind right now. I'm definitely not where I want to be yet. And I'm nowhere near that that mountaintop. But at the same time, there's this... Like in the back of my head, I'm like, this is the fun part. Like this is the grind is what I enjoy. This is the climb up is is the fun part. This is what I love doing. I love waking up every morning and I have like things that I need to get done and I have objectives and I have like this purpose to get things done. Um, And if you get to that proverbial mountaintop and you look around, you're like, well, it's lonely one and I'm up here and I don't know what to do next. I don't know what else there is. And for me, I think you just have to always have something that you're striving for to get better at or to climb that next mountain or just make sure that you're on some type of path of, of getting yourself better and, and improving yourself. You know, not that these people weren't doing that, but I know that's if if I were to ever get to some place where I'm like, well, I've achieved everything that I could achieve, then I, I probably would struggle with that. And, you know, in my own personal life, I just try to make sure that every single day, you know, there's stuff that I'm getting done. There's some, something that I'm getting improving at or, or helping others at. Um, so, yeah, it's super sad that 
these people just feel so lonely in their lives um because i don't know i feel like that sometimes too so it's uh it's very relatable definitely and i think not only not only taking enjoyment and having like having things and goals to set and and things to work towards but also just enjoying life for what it is you know being able to look go around. on a walk with with your dog and just like enjoy yeah. being outside and enjoy being in the presence of of people that you love and just sitting down and having a meal with them or definitely you know enjoy going to the gym and working out mm-hmm. and you know enjoying that process enjoy learning something new and all those things just it doesn't always have to be an end goal that's going to bring you happiness it can just be the day-to-day and that's where i think you get the most happiness is when you realize that and you realize that you have to enjoy every second of your life right and you can't be can't be banking on all your enjoyment happening when you finally hit a goal right or you you finally score some drugs you can't just be like looking looking for that next high or looking for some outside source to get you feeling better it's got to come from an internal place and that's you know obviously easier said than done but i think that's where a lot of people struggle and where i've struggled in the past is just trying to look for that next good feeling that next high just trying to like but not being able to appreciate the end moment the the here and now mm-hmm. i've i've definitely struggled with that in the past just not being able to enjoy myself and, and like the little things in life yeah so yeah i, I just and i just think there's not enough people telling us that I feel like the predominant message to somebody who is coming up in the world is that you have to have a su- successful career that makes you lots of money and gets you a house and has kids and, you know, you get your college degree and all that stuff and just it, it's a one-size-fits-all plan for every person on the face of this earth mm-hmm. and it's just, it's madness. Yeah. You know, we're not all going to have the same path of the same journey and the same things that give person A happiness are not going to give person B happiness. And uh, But we're told that. And so when we do all those things, we're like, well, I followed the blueprint. I followed the plan. What's going on here? You know, I'm still not happy. I'm still, you know, I got the, the job in the the car and the house and all that stuff, but my personal relationships are trash or I have, you know, decent personal relationships, but I am worried about where the next month's rent's coming from or, you know, it's just, there's no one size fits all for everyone for happiness and you, nobody's going to be able to tell you what that is for you personally. You have to look inside and find it yourself. You have to think about it and if you don't stop to take a second to do that, you may find yourself on a path that you feel like is irreversible. Like I've invested too much in this. I can't I can't change course now. You know what I'm saying? And that's where people run into this hopeless feeling because they're like, I've invested ten years of my life into becoming this person that I thought was going to make me happy and, and I can't start over. Agreed. What did Ferris Bueller say? If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you might just miss it. Yeah. There yeah, you go. For real. Ferris. Shout out. Life lessons.
Definitely. What else we got? What else is going on in the world? Um, LeBron's going to make Space Jam 2. Yeah. What's his... So is that... Does he have his own movie company? Is he, dic- like, uh, delegating all this, producing and directing, and then he's going to star in the film? Yeah, it sounds like, because they said he was going to tap the director of Black Panther to do it, and, like... Wow. LeBron's just got dough. I he mean, can do whatever he wants. Yeah. My concern as a Laker fan is how distracting is this going to be for his on-the-court production? Yeah, I don't know. He did, uh, what's that uh, Amy Schumer movie he did? Yeah, but he was just like a, how involved with the movie was he? He was just an actor in it, right? With like a cameo? He wasn't directing, producing, acting, and like the star of it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I would be a little concerned, just slightly concerned. But I then again, I don't know how much spare time LeBron has. I mean, it's LeBron doesn't even practice anymore. As long as he shows up on game night, I think it would be just fine. <laughs> Does this is this going to help his legacy uh, in the LeBron Jordan debate? People keep saying that, and it doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, Every, everything matters. Everything. People, people are weirdos, bro. Weirdos. Uh, for sure, but everything matters. I think like ninety-eight percent of the reason that he came to the Lakers was just so he could start up all these business adventures. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think part of his reason in transitioning to L.A. is him thinking about his post-NBA career. And just yes, like thinking. post-basketball career as well. Yeah. I think, he's yeah trying exactly. to be, I think he's trying to be a billionaire if he's not already. He's got to be darn close. I mean, just for... Just shoe deals. Yeah, just Nike alone. He's got to be knocking on the door. Yeah, like the NBA paycheck he gets is like, that just pays his utility bills. <laughs> yeah. That's nothing for him. He's another employee that, or employee, <laughs> another athlete that's trying to Ooh. use his um, platform slip. and his money to, you know, make positive changes. So it's good. I support it. Get that Space Jam money, LeBron. But it's good. Speaking of uh, people that LeBron has had Twitter beefs with, oh, um, oh uh, Trump, can I get it? Yeah, go ahead. Quick score update: Georgia's up seven nothing, and Wake Forest is up three nothing. Halfway Boom. through the first. Oh, Wake Forest is up. What? Uh, oh, hey, um, Tommy, who did you predict was gonna cover seven and a half at home? Notre Dame, Wake Forest. Oh, I said Wake Forest. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. Just checking. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just a just a seven and a half no. minutes into a sixty-minute game. <laughs> Yeah, Notre Dame ha- hasn't looked super no. impressive. They replaced How their quarterback, uh, Brandon Wimbush. They got a new guy starting today on the road. Yeah, Ian Brook. Or Book. Yeah. Book, I guess. Nerd. So. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no big deal. Um, Yeah, Trump is having some difficulties getting his Supreme Court nominee uh, confirmed. Mr. Cavanaughty? Yeah, Kavanaugh. <laughs> you like that little play on words there? I do. Yeah, came up with that this morning. Yeah, so are you you're familiar with the situation that's going on there? I have moderately brought myself up to speed. Excellent. 
So, yeah, John Kavanaugh, um, Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court, who it's looking like is super against abortion, may overturn Roe versus Wade, that sort of stuff, um, is facing an allegation of sexual assault. Sexual assault. Yeah. Uh, when he was seventeen years old, or when high school? I don't know the exact age. I think the female was, sounds right. Right. I think yeah. the female was seventeen. Is what I read. And a lot of people, when this first came out, were like, "Oh, yeah. Oh, Brett Kavanaugh." I, say, I keep saying John over and over it's and over and over again. John and Connor are in your head. Yeah. Exactly. I just got Conor McGregor on the brain. Um, so, face an allegation. The and a lot of people, when this first came out, were saying, "Oh, why is this person bringing it up now?" Because um, he's gonna be a Supreme Court nominee. Yeah, it's not some it, average Joe off the street. Exactly, and they act like they act like there isn't a lot to consider. When you're someone bringing these allegations out against somebody years in the future, especially when that person holds such a high position within the United States government. And the the accuser, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, I hope I pronounced the middle one right, um, she is a psychologist and a, a, a psychologist and a statistics professor. Um, she teaches at Palo Alto University, and she does research at Stanford. Hmm. Um, very well respected within her field. And it's not like she came up with these allegations just and, and decided to come out with them just now because he's a Supreme Court nominee. This is something she's been struggling with for years um, as evidenced by... Notes from her therapist that she has now made public a polygraph that she took in 2012 because she had been struggling with the idea of coming out about this. And she's like, if I am going to come out, I want to be, I want to make sure that I have all my ducks in a row because Mm -hmm. I don't want this accusation that I'm just another person looking for notoriety or payday or something like that. So a lot of thought has gone into this. A lot of time has gone into this. She, It's something she struggled with with her therapist, with her husband. So so if you're questioning that, you can go ahead and shut the fuck up now. It sounds like she's pretty legit in, like you said, getting her ducks in a row. Yeah, and, and so... Now we're having a debate about whether or not somebody who's been accused of sexual assault should be a Supreme Court justice. And that's just silly to me. Yes. Uh, So what I was also reading was uh, about Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Are you familiar? Yeah, and the Anita Hill. With Anita Hill. And these, these two incidents appear to be almost identical just separated by a couple of decades because when clarence a lot of parallels that you can draw right so when clarence thomas was a supreme court nominee um anita hill who had been working for him or working with i believe yeah um had accused him of of similar allegations and he was still um 
nominated and promoted to Supreme Court justice, and it seems like there's a lot of parallels between Clarence Thomas and Brett Kavanaugh at this moment, and I don't see anything is going to change based off of what I've read so far, and um, I don't think we're learning from history here. Not at all, and not that it excuses it, but I mean, Clarence Thomas was appointed at a different time, you know? Mm-hmm. It was 1991, which, you know, still isn't an excuse, but we've made a lot of progress, especially in the past couple of years, yeah, really. Yeah, definitely. As far as our attitudes towards sexual assault in, in women and just kind of just treating them as equal human beings to men. But... um. It's mind-boggling. It, I, I don't understand. And again, I keep saying this over and over again. But the Republican Party, which is supposed to be the party of the Christian right. Of the church. Of the church. Like, of Christians. How but, can you... But the white male church. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah, exactly. It, it's just insane to me that you can even consider somebody... Uh, that possibly sexually assaulted somebody to be put into a position where they are making moral rulings and, and, and legal rulings that will affect every American. Yes. It's just insane. The logic of the Republican Party is just, it's completely perverted and deranged. It it just makes no sense, and it's almost as if we have a significant portion of the population who is just insane. It just has like just a split un- personality where they compartmentalize right. one thing over here, and they they compartmentalize another thing over here, and just they somehow do crazy mental gymnastics to make it all work. Just unwilling to look at the big picture and are just so narrow-minded in what they believe and everything else must be wrong. As long as it doesn't conform to their beliefs, it can't be truthful. Yeah, and so, like, one of the biggest arguments now that they think she's legit and all that stuff and the therapy and blah, 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 and don't want to question her, they're like, oh, she's mistaken. Yeah, did you she know, say she, she thinks it's Brett Kavanaugh, but somebody it's not. else. <laughs> yeah, like what? you wouldn't have burned into your brain the face of the person. Oh, all five senses. Who held you down on a bed and like was grinding against you and covered your mouth and was trying to rip your clothes off. Yeah, at a like, young you age. You wouldn't have the exact image in your head. It's it's fucking insulting, and it's like, it's so demeaning and invalidating. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's uh, victim blaming, victim shaming. Yeah. So what's the next step for Kavanaugh to be appointed? Does he go to a so, vote? So, th- yeah, but they're trying to postpone the vote until this is kind of... Until they can clarify and rule... R- or get a ruling on this? Yeah, and so they want her and him to testify on Monday. And so the the, the big narrative that's been pushed is that they want to create a he said, she said. 
Because that oh, would invalidate my word against yours. Because that would invalidate both sides. Is that what their thought process is? Yeah, exactly. It's it's a wash, you know. <laughs> tie, tie, yeah, tie goes know. to the white male. Yeah, exactly. So, she wants a, a FBI investigation before they testify to see if they can like corroborate some of this because he's categorically denied it, and he said he wasn't even at the party. Whoa. So I think she wants the FBI to investigation to be able to determine to get everything a little more concrete, and the Republicans are really trying to avoid that and just get the testimony Monday is what they're aiming for. So Missouri's on the board, seven seven against Georgia. Dude, literally as soon as, as, as I Notre Dame. as soon as I said that score update, I checked thirty seconds later, and Missouri <laughs> and Notre Dame had both scored touchdowns, and Mi- Michigan added another one to your Nebraska Huskers. Sorry about that. Yeah, no worries. We won't talk about that. Next year. Next year's there. <laughs> Jeez. But so it's just it's it's insane. I don't understand what's happening. Um I I don't know how someone can look at the future and be optimistic. Um as far as our political spectrum goes. And and like I know that I've said and you've said and we've said on this podcast, yeah, we've all come up against stuff before, but it's just hard to see that when you're like in the thick of it. No doubt, you know. I'm sure the people who were staring the Great Depression in the face were like, oh, "This is we're the worst." Fucked. Yeah, no, this it's is the worst over. of all time. The Dust <laughs> yeah. Bowl. Yeah. So that's how I feel. I feel like I'm staring into the into the storm, into the abyss, <laughs> and I'm like, "Shout out Churchill." Well, shit. How, how, how are, are we gonna, gonna do this? this? I was reading. Yeah. Uh, John Dean, who was um, Nixon's White House counsel during the Watergate. You're reading non-Ipsta? Uh, briefly. Well, for the podcast, of course. I oh, do it for the course. podcast. Of course. Do it for the pod. I do it for the pod. Um, the quote that I took away from this article I was reading was that um, if Kavanaugh, or when Kavanaugh is appointed, it'll be the most presidential powers of the court in the modern era. It just seems like when Kavanaugh or if Kavanaugh is appointed that it's just going to be the president's going to be able to do whatever he wants without limitation. Yeah, I mean, he'll have a he said (laughs) Dean was saying that the president could walk down Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody in the head and there would be no recourse. Well, the president said that as well. (laughs) So. So those stories align. Yeah. It's just That'll insane. be interesting. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if he gets that Supreme Court, and then he, if he gets a, 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 cons- a Republican-controlled Supreme Court, and then it comes out that he did commit crimes in this whole campaign, oh, it couldn't have worked out better Russia for thing. him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, I give you gotta give credit where credit's due, whether you agree with it or not. But he's playing this perfectly. Exactly. It, he's just. There's got to be somebody else pulling the strings, <laughs> you know? It has to be. Somebody, it's an inside operation for sure. This somebody is way whose too sm- name uh, rhymes with um, gluten. Uh, oh, that's a nice little little one there. That actually works. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. Yeah, I it's don't know where we're going. I have no idea where we're going. It's going to be fireworks wherever we end up, though. 
So yeah, that's that's good. That's fantastic. <laughs> Stock up on Plan B while you can. Um, <laughs> all the Plan B, no expiration dates. Yeah. Go back to back alley abortions, coat hangers, that sort of stuff. It'll be good. Yeah, good times. And then you know, when people uh, have these children that they can't afford because they couldn't get the abortions that they want to, um, then I'm sure the Republican Party will be all aboard with providing more uh, social assistance to them in the form of food stamps and, oh, and sh- government handouts. Sh- I'm sure that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, they're all about that life. Yep. So that's good. And then on top of that, we have you know his trade policies where he's just tariffing all over the he's place. He's ready to go to war tariff-wise with China. Yeah, and so he $200 billion worth of goods, he's put a 10% tariff on them, and then he's going to raise that to 25% in January. Um, China's talking about other means of uh, fighting this trade war. Just talk of them removing Chinese components from American goods. So if it, there's a good that's like 97% American or, or other countries, and then China has the, the one piece that, you know, helps make the whole thing work, they're going to withhold that. There's talk of them becoming more um, self-reliant and producing a lot of the American goods that they relied on before in-house. So then they don't even have to use American goods. Uh, we'll see how this all turns out. <laughs> um, it's not looking great, especially considering we're also entering into trade wars with Canada and the European Union and stuff like that. And it's it's just ugly, super ugly. And um, it's it, it's going to hurt people. Um, I was reading an article on this this morning. Um, Hurricane Florence which decimated the Carolinas, north and south. Yep, still a lot of damage. Um, It's going to be extremely costly for people to rebuild homes because we... um, Oh, the material? Yeah, because we've raised tariffs on steel, aluminum, and Canadian lumber. Damn. So just all... And um, gypsum is... We mainly purchase that from the Chinese, which is used for your drywall. Um, yeah, that's the thing about all these tariffs, and like y- you think you have all these direct things that are going to work right away, but there's so many other factors that you don't necessarily think of that are going to be affected negatively by these acts. Yeah, and Trump's definitely not considering all the variables, and uh, imagine that. Yeah, the the situation in the Carolinas it's interesting because like there's been several billions of dollars worth of damage there. And I was reading that a lot of insurance companies don't um, sell flood insurance for homes and that you have to purchase it through the federal government. They have a program that insures your homes against flood and that only like 335,000, um, I don't know if homes or families had done that. And so a lot of the homes that were destroyed by the hurricane, people are going to have to take out second mortgage, more, uh, mortgages to rebuild them. A lot of these people are blue-collar workers who don't really have the ability to do that. So, you know, I could maybe foresee Mikey, Mikey, uh, uh, Mikey, economist, Mikey, uh, mortgage lender. Yeah, Mikey, mortgage lender could see a lot of these people um, 
you know, the mortgage lenders, just like they did in the 2008 financial crisis, see an opportunity to make some money by, you know, getting these mortgages out there. And also, at the same time, being sympathetic to people who have lost their homes and giving out second mortgages to people who don't don't necessarily um, qualify. And when you don't qualify for a mortgage, you get a, what's called an adjustable rate mortgage. The Federal Reserve, in order to meet up, uh, catch up with the inflation that is happening because of these tariffs that Trump is putting on foreign goods and the growth of the economy. The economy is growing at a pretty steady rate because he's done a lot of tax cuts and stuff like that. Um, so the Federal Reserve would then raise interest rates to keep up with the inflation and prevent us from having a situation like Turkey is where their currency is extremely devalued. Um, those interest rates raise, those adjustable rate mortgages go up, people default on their mortgages, and we have another little recession going on. So, Shout out 2008. Yeah, it's great. Um, well, another <laughs> thing that's causing well, the inflation as well is the fact that, that we've done a lot of tax cuts. Well, now we need a lot of money to assist these people to rebuild it. So we're adding to the deficit, which in turn further inflates our currency. Are you criticizing the infrastructure of the United States of America? Um, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Invest in, invest in cryptocurrencies. Good um, answer. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, we're going to devalue the American dollar. Yeah, it, I don't know. Uh, like I said... <coughs> Mikey White Belt when it comes to e- econ, but I'm just connecting some dots. Logically. I think you're Mikey Blue Belt at least. Yeah, maybe. Uh, no formal education, just the street hard street knocks. knowledge. Yeah, I took exactly. night classes. Mm-hmm. So you know, we'll see what happens. Doesn't look great, um, you know. But from Trump, pretty much uh, the butt like just mishandling that entire situation, to him uh, categorically denying other situations that involve hurricanes. Puerto Rico? Yeah, did you see that? Incredible. Incredible. Didn't get enough play. Didn't he say we did a fantastic job? Yeah. Um, In the death of 3,000, around 3,000 Puerto Ricans. Well, it's not 3,000, Tommy. Is it 2,000? Those are just numbers put out there by the Democrats to make me look bad. 9-11 wasn't 3,000, but it was 2,996. Yeah. Well, actually, they did a study, George Washington. It was either George Washington University or George Mason University, their Department on Public Health. Um, They did a study to relook at the numbers, and they adjusted that estimate. It's not 3,000. It's 4,600. So, For uh, Hurricane Maria? Yes. Yikes. So, um... Is... Let me ask you something. Here's a, here's a question for you. Is Puerto Rico a part of the United States? Yes and no. Wow. Hot take. Yes and no. Um, it is. Is but it, Puerto Rico it an American territory? S- yes, Absolutely. Well, not territory. It was it. It's a uh, an unincorporated territory. Well, there's a specific word. Commonwealth. Commonwealth. That's the one, baby. Try to define that term. Yeah, exactly. Here's a, here's a side note. What is a township, and why do people have townships? What is a township? What, what happened? Yeah, to I have c- no idea. What happened and to I cities? used to, I used to live 
in a township. In O'Fallon. Yeah, and it was O'Fallon Township f- High School. I feel like so, Pennsylvania is just built up of a bunch of townships rather than like cities and counties. Why are we using the t- township? Sounds like 1664 uh, Boston. Why are we using townships? Because we always yes. have. Because we always have when we refuse to change because people don't like change. Townships. I think a township refers to various kinds of settlements. A settlement is this. Let's see. Australia, Canada. Let's get to the U.S. real quick. Hold on. Hold. Hold. There are two types of townships in the United States. State may have one or both types. Um, A civil township is a widely used unit of local government subordinate to a county. Um. So it's like when you read about city? something happening in the Northeast, some parts of the Northeast, they're, t- they're referring to townships. I'm like, well, that doesn't help me understand this at all. In fact, now I'm more confused because I don't know what a township is. Yeah, it just says it's equal standing to a village, town, borough, or city. Can we what, call it a city? Yeah, can we just call it a city? <laughs> are we in Intercourse, Pennsylvania? What are we doing here? I don't know. I'm trying to be weird. I, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Georgia, back on the board, 14-7. Um, and Notre Dame, 14-6. Uh, I, I jinxed myself. Yeah. But <laughs> it's all right. There's plenty of game to play. Yeah, uh, it's plenty yeah, of time to get I don't get, get the worse. townships. I don't understand why we're doing that. We need to stop. But, yeah, Puerto Rico. <laughs> Anyways. Part of the United States, but not really. We just kind of use them. Um, and there was this great tweet. Twitter fight that I saw between Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and um, some random Joe Schmo on Twitter, and he's basically like, uh, you know, territories uh, applying for statehood like usually need to contribute something to the the one that they're applying to and she was like he's like what do they contribute and she's like um like a lot of our medical supplies um a tax haven for the one percent lots of other stuff i forget what it was but she basically just destroyed him because seriously puerto rico i remember when the uh when the hurricane went through we the hospitals were like out of morphine, like saline, basic, basic medical supplies. Yeah, basic metals, medical supplies that they use on a daily basis that they need. Yes, and they were like out shortage. Like they supply a lot to the United States, and they are definitely, um, definitely important. Here, here it is, uh, Dinesh D'Souza is the the clown that stated this. Normally, colonies provide resources for the nation that rules them. What does Puerto Rico provide the U.S.? And Ocasio-Cortez fires back with hundreds of thousands of soldiers to the U.S. military. National supply of hospital IV bags and medical supplies. Historically, sugar coffee crops. And it's a strategic port in the Atlantic. And importantly, for the 1%, one of the biggest loophole tax havens for the super-rich. Because there's no, uh, there's like no capital gains tax or something like that in uh, Puerto Rico, so you can just go down there and like incorporate and invest a bunch of money and not pay any taxes on it. Did Alexandria Ocasio Cortez uh, also say that Puerto Rico gave us the Rum Diaries by Hunter S. Thompson? 
No, she did not. She, she didn't even mention she, rum, well, that's, which I feel like I'm is... I'm hashtag uh, offended by that. Yeah, because isn't Bacardi Puerto Rico? Bacardi is Puerto Rico. Yeah, so, I mean, you didn't include Bacardi? Um, just because you're some... 151 rum, pineapple, pineapple juice, Malibu? Yeah, drink a Mai Tai for me one time. Yeah. What, just because you're 28, you don't think you have to read history books? Uh, no, they moved, they moved to Bermuda. That's probably why she... Yeah, we'll, that's Cuba. We'll it's found in Cuba. We'll, oh, we'll, wrong. Nope. We'll, we're never wrong. We'll edit that part out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, uh, my, uh, at the, this is completely off topic, but our academy, our number is 151. So obviously, what do you think I think about every single day? Uh, I think about tying a bowline, correct? That's what I think about. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. 151 100%. rum. Pineapple juice and Malibu. Um, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. 4,000. Wait, so that study you were talking about, uh, that 4,000, they added another 1,000 casualties? 1,600. 1,600. Jesus. Oh, boy. You know, they were without power for a long time. Do a mic. Really long time. Yeah. My my college head coach had literally just purchased a home in Puerto Rico for his, like, retirement six months before Maria came through. So he was there when it happened. He said they were just in their basement and their the second floor of their house just blew away. See, I'm telling you, it's a tax haven for the rich, man. <laughs> Go down there. I mean, I don't know how. Boom. Yeah, you know, he's okay. I wouldn't say he's like one percenter. Yeah, but it's, it's probably just a good spot to smart investment. If you, yeah, if you don't have any uh, capital gains tax, then you can you know your retirement whatever nut you have there, you can withdraw that money without paying tax. Yeah. On it, so. But anyways, yeah, he said he, you know, they were out, they were without power. They were just on a generator for a couple of weeks and just yeah. water and canned food. Insane. Insane. And, and, you know, they were in, you know, they had more money than, you know, most people and they were better off. And so just imagine the, the people that weren't as fortunate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, he's just handling things really well, that Trump guy. He's got it really <laughs> You know, we haven't talked control. about him on this podcast as much as we usually do. It's kind of a nice, positive break. Yeah, it's uh Got to bring good. him up because... Kavanaugh and the hurricanes and stuff, but not quite. Not quite as much as we normally do. He hasn't had as much uh, ammo for us. No. I just also haven't been following him as closely with yeah busyness other other places. Yeah, but on the uh, the tariffs, Walmart came out and said that they're that the U.S. consumers are going to start feeling the effects of those tariffs soon. So expect price raises at your local Walmart. Damn, Walmart's so solid for like package things like toothpaste, and body wash, stuff like that. And also low key, don't, Walmart's don't say groceries. No, Walmart's online shopping. Yeah. Rivals, if not beats, Amazon Prime. That's a bold statement. You can get some things way cheaper on there th- than like Amazon. How's their shipping? I feel like Amazon. Fantastic. I feel like Amazon. Because if they don't ship for free directly to you, they'll ship it to the store and you can pick it up there. Interesting. I feel like Amazon's shipping is what really separates them from other vendors. Yeah, definitely. That Prime. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Like my, my Habib hat should be getting here like today. Is that from so. Dagestan? I can neither confirm nor deny that. Um, Were any animals harmed we in the making of your hat? Goats, I believe. It's um, goat hair? Goats. That's not going to fly sure. well with our PETA listeners. Yeah. Goat where hair. were we? Talking good. about Nebraska football? 
we're talking about um, goats, and were were any harmed in the making of, of my Dag- hat. Dagestani hats? Yeah, but going to the sacrificing of one goat to the other. Um, did you see that? What's going on with Beyonce? <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. So, That's the most random question I think ever proposed <laughs> on this podcast. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that just threw, I just, wow, what a hurricane of emotions. Shout out, hurricanes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, okay, I just Google her name, and the top <laughs> stories that are going on are even more mind-blowing than that question. What? Go ahead and read some headlines. Beyonce's ex-band member accuses singer of reported extreme witchcraft. Next, yes, next extreme, extreme. Yeah, not normal. Which, which is not, <laughs> uh, not mediocre. Not on the fence witchcraft. Not uh, m- b- beneath the Mendoza line witchcraft. This is why so many people seem to believe Beyonce is a witch. God damn it, we're fucking going back to the 1600s Salem witchcraft trials. Th- see, people are like, "Hey, Tommy, you got a history major? Cool, bro. What are you gonna do with that?" I'm like, "I don't know. Not call people witches." Holy cow! What the heck? Read some fucking books for me one time. Extreme witchcraft. It's not like she's been her drummer for like seven years. This is this is one of the those times that I just like, you know what? I might just go back to Italy in like the Chianti region and just be a, like a, a ranch hand on some vineyard. And I don't even drink wine anymore, but I'm just going to do it. No Argentina, be a gaucho, bro. I'll, a gaucho, a, a vaquero, whatever you guys want me to do. Just my only prerequisite is that you don't have Wi-Fi. Yeah, man. It's just like is that is that, that an onion? Know, pe- pe- Am I getting fooled? Right? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not an onion article. Oh my gosh. And, like, people, you know, people have always said that uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce are part of the Illuminati. Yeah. Well, this is just going to add fire to the flame. Or, no, fuel to the fire. Got that backwards. No, it's fuel to the burning of witches. So, yeah, she... Uh, shout out your microwave. Confu- uh, yeah, no, that's a toast. Oh, rack. shout out your toast. Super loud. <laughs> shout out to my sister making toast. Shout Get out. that toast. Um... So, accused of extreme witchcraft, magical spells of sexual molestation, tapping her phones, controlling her finances, and probably the most egregious, murdering her kitten. Oh, man. Incredible. Thanks for bringing that up. I probably wouldn't have seen that. (laughs) I know. It's so great. I was like, what is happening right now? Incredible. Ugh. So I can't wait to see that play out in court. Um, what, what were the allegations again? Uh, killing her cat, casting spells. Yeah, extreme witch. So extreme witchcraft, magic spells of sexual molestation, tapping her phones, controlling her finances, and murdering her kitten. Wait, controlling her finances. Yeah. What, uh-huh. what else does someone do with their finances? No, controlling. Uh, oh, other people's finances. The, yeah, the drummer's uh, finances. Whatever happened to just calling somebody a diva? Well, I mean, I'm sure there are divas, but I mean, this is extreme witchcraft, Tommy. I think you're making light of this. Is Mariah Carey practice lukewarm witchcraft? <laughs> no, she's not a witch oh, okay. at all, Mariah Carey. I feel like yeah. Mariah Carey is always accused of stuff like this, but not maybe not the sorcery part or like taking a cat hair and mixing it into her cucumber juice before a performance. Yeah, something like that. 
It's just crazy. See, you just don't, don't get that type of reporting on any other podcast. No, you don't. Who's covering this story? Nobody. Have you heard about it? No. Sure haven't. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So she was a drummer for Beyonce for seven years. Um, extreme witchcraft, dark magic. Did you ever... Uh, here's a little fun historical fact for you. Do you know why they burned witch, witches instead of other forms of capital punishment? No. Like, it's kind of weird, right? Because if, if you... Wait, no. If you were... Uh, if you were a witch, you wouldn't burn. No, that's from uh, isn't that weird that no, Python no one and the Holy Grail. Yeah, that's educational though. But wh- yeah. isn't that weird that we never questioned the fact that like why did we burn witches? Yeah, because you couldn't like be sure that they were dead. Simple answer provided by Carl Sagan for you. What is the it? church abhors bloodshed? Ah, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the church. <laughs> Shout out to the yeah. church. Why not drown them? Um, didn't they do that? They didn't get that far. Because oh. it's more of a public spectacle when you can see it. Yeah. They didn't have like scuba diving stuff back then. Yeah, I, when I was reading uh, Carl Sagan's Science is a Candle in the Dark, or Demon Haunted World, um, Carl Sagan was like, yeah, we just burned them because we don't like to see people bleeding. Or the church doesn't, rather. Shout out to Carl Sagan. R.I.P. Yeah, that's where I first kind of went deep into witchcraft. That book's not necessarily about witchcraft, but kind of human follies and beliefs. And uh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> how's your Catholicism? Doing? Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's doing. Uh, and so, yeah, I remember that exact quote from the line because it's short, to the point, and pretty startling. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Like like I said, uh, the Among the Thugs. Yeah, that's your uh, book. The, that book about the soccer hooligans. Uh-huh. Just once you read that book, you realize you get enough people together and they can do anything, no matter how terrible. Yeah. And no matter for what reason. Nope. Positive, doesn't, negative, doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just insane. Shout out to Among the Thugs. If Read that book. If you When I'm done with IFSTA, I'm going to go on a nice oh. reading binge. Yeah, just the 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 horrible, horrible, terrible acts committed by like normal people, you know, just like plumbers and just normal people with normal occupations who lead normal day to day lives in the name of like a sports team. It's just insane. Uh, insane. Along the same lines, since you're dishing that book out on me. Uh, your next reading assignment is going to be Ordinary Men, if you haven't already read it. Reserve Police Battalion 101 and The Final Solution. Historical book about uh, pretty much the same thing, just ordinary men. average Joes uh, in the East, in like Poland. Um, after the Nazis had swept through and they're on their way to uh, Moscow yeah. or Stalingrad, uh, in, th- in the reserve they would just round up like ordinary civilians from these towns to go to execute uh the jews and the same yeah. thing just like bakers and truck drivers and they didn't really need any nudge at all they were more than willing to just murder not. their neighbors so yeah shout out to the stanford prison experiment shout out to mother night by kurt vonnegut shout out. yeah shout out so that's a nice little uh afternoon read for you uh yeah. your boy jocko covered it as well What's do you know the author? Ordinary Men. Uh, Christopher Browning. 
Christopher R. Browning. Christopher Browning. Yeah, I read it Beautiful. in college for one of my classes, and then um, I heard about it some more via Jocko. Yeah. It uh, doesn't really make you feel good about your brothers. No, bro- neither does among brothers the thugs, and sisters. Man. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't. Here's a feel good story uh, based <laughs> upon soccer clubs. Uh, uh, big long time uh, Manchester United coach Alex Ferguson had recently suffered a stroke and he has recovered from uh, that and excellent. is looking to return to watch Man U play. Any residual at Old Trafford? Any residual left or right sided weaknesses? Um, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get yeah. that far into it, but just you know, he was a long time Manchester United uh, coach. I was a big. I used to be really into Premier League soccer when I was living in Vegas. And That's pretty uh, fun. I yeah, like it because no, it's, it's a lot of. I fun. like it because it starts at like you know where we live. It's like six a.m. or like four a.m. Oh and, yeah, uh, and you start drinking. Oh, real early. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, accidentally stumbled into some pubs at like six a.m. on like a Sunday morning, and it's just crowded, like wall to wall. People just chanting. They're like 19 beers deep of, uh, oh, what is that beer? Newcastle. Yeah, they love that. New- Newcastle. Oh. I love me oh, some dude. Newcastle. Dude. Oh. That's my favorite that beer. That should be the of official beer of the Premier League because it's just that you feel like you're in some English township and you're drinking Newcastle and it's just dark and hearty and you just can't stop chanting and waving around weird flags and scarves. Yeah, buddy. Dude, the chance, the cheering, oh. it's just. The camaraderie, the, the it is, and so that's why you end up, you know, stabbing people. Spoiler alert: yeah. among the thugs, yeah. you know, beating um, a, a father trying to get his wife and kids into a taxi oh, yeah. so that they can es- escape your crazy mob oh. with a piece of rebar, oh, yeah. and then kicking him while he's down until he's like not moving. Oh yeah, so. that Newcastle man, that stuff but, is that's battery but acid. Co- coincidentally, to six a.m. drinking. Uh, I just got a text from a buddy of mine who used to be my roommate in Las Vegas. Shout out Club 511. Um, and he's like, and so it begins, Wizard Staff. Have you ever played Wizard Staff before? And he Dude, sent me there's that so text. Many, there's like so nine, many drinking games, but there's the also not so many drinking games. <laughs> yeah. like there, There's like three drinking games that have like minor modifications and just regional nicknames, but they're all the same thing. Exactly. If you think about exactly. it, exactly, just colloquial, colloquial, colloquialisms, yeah. colloquialisms. There it is, colloquialisms. Uh, yeah. So, wizard staff, you're familiar? No, I mean probably, but I don't know what what I call it. So, wizard staff is where you drink beers, and you have duct tape. So, Edward's and forty hands. No, no, no. But probably. No, no, no. Oh, is that where you like stack them? Stack them up. You stack them up. Okay. And so the goal is to become a full wizard. So stack cup. In order and to do that, you need you need to drink as many beers as you are tall <laughs> to become a full wizard. I think for me it's either thirteen or fourteen. I'm five six, so I'm a little shorter. But uh, yeah, it's either thirteen or fourteen, and then you become a full wizard. You could also become a double wizard. The the rare double wizard. Oh man. So it's stack cup and uh, Edward's forty hands combined. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, a thirty-year-old man sent me. That oh my gosh! At, um, oh, he had already done that this morning. Uh, yes. What was he? Uh, <laughs> he was starting. Was he? He was only. He was only on was two. Was he in Columbia, Columbia, Missouri, prepping for the Missouri Georgia game? Uh, no, he is. Uh, shout out! Shout out to my buddy. I'll leave his name okay. out of it, but I love him. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, down is there he the Scotts Scottsdale area? Is he getting ready for the no. waste management open in February? Practicing. 
probably he may or may not be a government employee oh. um, with a master's degree in econ. Shout out. Oh, that's our blue oh. belt of econ. Exactly. You've been demoted back down to white belt. But yeah, that's so. If you want to get a taste of Mikey C's days in <laughs> Vegas, they looked a little like that. Yeah, there's this place in Santa Monica that's uh, a, 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 I shouldn't say its name, but it's a huge uh, soccer football bar and on a sunday morning at 6 a.m it's just rowdy but it's so like fun like everyone's oh definitely like, shout out to the crown and anchor pub in las vegas shout out it's uh i could definitely see how people could get drawn to that and do it on a weekly basis yeah the, i remember because we would go for um the manchester derby which is manchester united man city and um they would sing the song, and it's adapted. I mean, they used it for, like, all the English premier clubs. But um, it was like, my old man said be a City fan, Man City versus Man United. And I said, bollocks, you're a cunt. Oh, there you go. I'd ra- That's I'd rather shag a bucket with a big hole in it than be a City fan for just one minute. Wow. <laughs> what a... Is that Shakespeare? It is. Is that Billy Shakespeare? Was Shakespeare a Man City or a Man U fan? Uh, Shakespeare was a cow, I think. A cow fan? I think that's. I think that's what they said. No, no, no. The, they think Shakespeare was. Oh, they like don't think it was name. a single person. Yeah. It yeah. was more of a state of mind. It was like a conglomerate, but they named it. They used the name after a cow that they had named Shakespeare, and they adapted that name to. Uh, to make up the pseudonym, but. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Shakespeare's a weird thing. Historical figure, not historical figure, man, myth, the legend. Who's Mona Lisa? Uh, some people da say Da Vinci yeah. cross-dressing. I don't hate that. I don't either. That's kind of fun. It's fun. Conspiracies are fun. Uh, so fun. S- uh, some. No, definitely some. But Sandy like, you Hook's know, not The whole fun. mystery, like knowing something that other people right. don't know. It's not when like, it comes to like mass murder. Yeah, not when it comes like to Sandy him. Hook or yeah, Sandy 9/11. Or, yeah, shout out Alex Jones. Not Hope shout out. Lose every core battle. Not ever. shout out. Yeah, I will not shout him out. I will not yeah, whisper out either. Yeah. Gay frogs, man. They turn the frogs gay. Oh, didn't uh, something happen with frogs this week? Did I hear something on the news about frogs? I don't With know. frogs in the news? I've been. I've had a. I've been having. I've had a serious subscription for like the last two months so i'm gonna listen to howard stern on my commute in the morning are you a stern guy no okay not well at all. we can't be anti-stern on this podcast because it's a, i am anti we can't be because they have a cult following they'll come after us well i am because he's anti-podcast so. i think he right i've heard him mention that as well i don't necessarily hate the fact that he's anti i mean i get where he's coming from like he he i when he talks about it, it just sounds like he hates the fact that like everybody has a voice, no matter how dumb or wrong they are. And I'm kind of along yeah, the same line. Yeah, but that's line. that's you, Stern. That's like <laughs> how you made your bread. You well, know? at least he's like, good at it, though. Ish. I, I I honestly don't really like the Howard Stern show. I mean, don't I, I find don't. It entertaining. Right, and that's the only thing you. It's not. It's not like you're gonna get an education from it. It's just entertaining. So if you don't find him entertaining, yeah, there's not much there. Yeah. But that's. I mean, that's a fair opinion. Hey, fuck, fuck Howard Stern. All right, all right. We just opened up a can of worms there. <laughs> I don't care. Come <laughs> well, at me, Well, my bro. serious XM s- subscription 
uh, ends on September 30th, so I'm almost out of out of it anyways. Yeah. Okay, I, I just looked up frogs, and I don't know where. I think I just, I'm so sleep-deprived in the morning that I just imagine things. I don't know where. There you go. I don't know, man. Shout out to sleep deprivation. Yeah, love it. Tommy doesn't believe in. Uh, no, I don't believe in the long-term effects of it. I think if like you don't get good night's sleep, yeah, you'll be tired the next day. But I don't believe it's gonna like impact your life forever. Yeah, Alzheimer's, whatever. It's not. I real. mean, you gotta get there to, before you have Alzheimer's. Yeah, that's I'm true. Just, I'd just be happy to get there. Alrighty, bro. <laughs> Alrighty, you just go on get, not getting your sleep, and we'll see how that works out for I you. S- yeah. All right. We'll see what happens. More of a carpe diem guy. Anything? What else? What else? Carpe diem. Carpe diem. Always. Um, but you can do both. I mean, look at LeBron. He's out there making see, Space Jam, getting twelve uh, see, hours of sleep a night. I remember you, you said that on a previous podcast that Tom Brady and LeBron both get twelve hours of sleep a night. Yeah. And I strongly refute that. So you're calling them liars? I'm not saying they said that. I'm saying whoever reported that is they a liar. They said that. They said that. Who said via who? I don't know. Hold on one second. Yeah, bring it up. I'm going to look it up now. Fact check. Jamie? You, I guess you're just believing everything you read on the internet. That's a smart tactic. How is he getting 12 hours of sleep in the middle of the season? I mean, games are like how much of your day? When the Four when the hours? Patriots play like the Broncos on a Monday night, they get on the plane in Denver at like midnight. They fly. So the author is Zach McCann. I don't know him. Don't even like him. And um, via sleep tracking technology. What does he have a Fitbit Le- on? Brady, Federer, and James. Federer might be able to get 12 hours of sleep, not the other two. Same Bolt, Venus Williams, Maria Sharapova, and Steve Nash, 10 hours. Steve Nash? Was it like 2007? Uh, they're just throwing. They didn't have. It was 2012. There's a more recent article, <laughs> but I mean, uh, <laughs> 12 hours of sleep is excessive, and I don't think it's practical. Maybe I mean, if if you are even if I wanted to sleep for 12 hours, I wouldn't be able to sleep for 12 hours. Yeah, unless either, I was some high dose LeBron James. Bro. You don't think you're training harder than LeBron James? No, I don't think I'm training harder than LeBron I James. I think you're giving LeBron James more credit. Really? What do you think he does different? Dude, he probably does physical activity at a high level for like, what, four hours a day? No. I don't think so at all. Really? I think he works out an hour a day, plays some hoops, if that. <laughs> and then he goes and directs Space Jam. You don't think he's I like think you're not giving yourself doing strength and conditioning, yeah, but what, you like don't? flexibility, basketball stuff. When do you not do that? Yeah, I guess that's true. I think obviously he's a free that's valid. obviously he's a freak athlete. He definitely works hard, but that doesn't mean he's doing some crazy out of this world workout. You don't even need to do that. Yeah, but he's also probably not taking in, you know, bang plus supplemental caffeine to the bang every day. Are you, I feel like are you, if I didn't are do you that. speaking negatively on the positive effects of bang energy drinks and CoQ10? <laughs> no, not at all. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm saying there's not enough research. Sure sounded <laughs> Here's like it. Saying. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying there's not enough research on the positive effects of bang to uh, mitigate lack of sleep. LeBron James <laughs> is like notorious for not practicing during the season. Yeah. I don't know. 
I mean, I'm not discrediting any of their work ethics because yeah. obviously they work hard to get where they are and they're freak athletes, but that doesn't yeah, mean they're like, I mean, even if you're working out eight hours a day, there's a point of diminishing returns unless you're on steroids. Oh, a hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't thinking about it. Like, I don't think I can sleep 12 hours a day. No, no, no matter, matter what, what kind of pharmaceuticals they hop me up yeah. on. And then, and then it wouldn't even be good for you because I might yeah. take one of those naps where you don't wake up. Maybe he's maybe he, here's the secret. Maybe the secret to being a high level athlete is taking way too much Ambien. Yeah, that's a dangerous game to play. That's Russian I mean, roulette. look at T Woods. T Woods. Yeah, <laughs> boy. Yeah, look how it worked out for him. <laughs> well, he got off the Ambien. Look what happened. He still hasn't won a title, major. Still hasn't. <laughs> Go back to the Ambien and trying to fuck porn stars before he falls. I'm asleep. not opposed to that aspect of his life. That's when he was at his yeah. best. I mean, not a great person a per se, but he was producing no. on the. Hey, very few people. Course. Very few of our highest achievers are great people. It's funny how that works. You know, it's funny how that works. Well, you I have mean, to Gandhi. Be, was, Gandhi was sleeping naked with like little girls that he was related. You kind of have to be egotistical and a narcissist. Martin, oh, definitely. Martin Luther King Jr. was cheating on his wife left and right. Yeah. Kennedy, Kenne- Michael Jordan was the gambling, the cheating. Oh yeah, sure. Um, Name else? a better Irish Catholic president. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Very, very yeah. true. <laughs> Told you, got you on that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird how um, a lot of our greatest achievers have had moral failings oh i guess here's one. one is not synonymous with the other definitely uh going back to sleep did you see mark Wahlberg's uh like daily schedule routine Dude, i love it have you been following chris D'Elia making fun of mark no Wahlberg's i haven't daily schedule? i haven't been but i fully support chris D'Elia <laughs> in that endeavor because that schedule is so dumb so dumb so what a dumb. dumb way to spend a as day. is mark Wahlberg. yeah i'm not a as I'm is mark Wahlberg. Wahlbergers fan yeah, me neither. Uh, Shout out to him beating up a uh, uh, Vietnamese, or, or Vietnamese man with yeah, a two by four yeah. in nineteen ninety one. It's like, hey, bro, yeah. uh, the fall of Saigon mm-hmm. was like a quarter century ago. I think. Shout you, out to him using racial you slurs. Shout out to you weren't alive yeah. when uh, Vietnam was going down. It's okay, bro. Yeah, you've, exactly. You've like, never left. Uh, is he even from the south side of Boston? Is he even from Boston? That's a hot take. Is Mark Wahlberg even real? This is, this is, a good is question. Mark Wahlberg Shakespeare <laughs> or a cross-dressing Da Vinci? What did Delia say about his? What was he making fun of? Because I can make fun of it too. He's just making fun of him about how he's waking up earlier and earlier, and he does a great Mark Wahlberg impression that I'm not going to try to replicate. But he's like, I'm just out here doing the doing the kettlebells, making <laughs> making sandcastles, making sandcastles. <laughs> Gotta make sandcastles every well, day. Well, my qualm with the schedule was that I. Th- not to, I'm not a father. I would never criticize another uh, parenting parent, but doesn't he have kids? He's got dropping them off at school. He schedule. drops them off at school, but I mean, that's good, I guess. But you're know, like going to bed at seven thirty and waking up at two thirty, and then you're working out. I don't know. When are you hanging out with your kids? Yeah, I don't know. That's another thing that they don't take into account. I think steroids decrease your need for sleep as well. And oh, uh, because it improves your recovery. Or it just yeah. messes with your chemicals. Mm-hmm. Something. Who knows? Huh. 
testosterone production. You don't need to, sleep is a big thing in producing testosterone, and if you're on exogenous, you maybe don't need as much. But um, do you think his wife's? Do you think they sleep in the same beds? Bed. He's married. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah. If my Probably. spouse partner was waking up at two thirty in the morning every morning and like turning the lights on, I think that'd get pretty old quick. Yeah, dude, Lauren and I are already talking about getting separate beds. It's not, you know, it's not a bad idea. They kind of had it right in like the early nineteen hundreds. I know people people like talk crap about it, but I like, would like it, you could have them in the same bedroom. I'm pro separate beds. I hate. Yeah, I yeah. I'm, I'm pro, you could get pro separate beds. Pu- she also likes to sleep with the dog, and the dog like moves around a lot in the night and snores yeah. and stuff. It's not rude. It's not like a bad thing. No. You could still, you know, have your relationship fun in a bed and then like separate after. Yeah. You don't have to. It's not like we love each other any less. <laughs> no, I think I mean, even on, more, man. and it shows that you're confident in each other to like. Yeah, exactly. It's a bunch of insecure people sleeping like, in the same people bed. People who enjoy cuddling need to be ostracized from our society. <laughs> That's probably the most overrated thing ever invented. Dude, I used to I used to try to do that, and I I just can't do it. Dude, I just can't fall asleep with another person touching me. I, can't no. do it. Well, that's because you have uh, relationship issues or intimacy issues. If, uh, <laughs> I mean, well, while I'm awake, no, I'm I don't. Kidding. I'm, I'm obviously kidding. No, but but maybe also true or know. trust issues. Uh, but like the the shoulder placement, like the arm placement, heat, body, body heat, heat, heat like everything, everyone's yeah. different. That we all have our own little quirks. It's like if you just smash two humans together and try to sleep, it doesn't. Yeah, I didn't mean that. Plus, I sleep with a mountain of pillows surrounding me. Oh, I love the the see. That's the security in you right there. You gotta have pillows. Yeah, I need to support myself. Have good posture while I'm sleeping. So I need like. I, I have a head pillow, I have a pillow that goes in between the legs, and I have a stack of pillows, which my top arm rests on while I'm sleeping. Yeah, so. I have to like always be holding, like have my hand or holding onto a pillow when I'm asleep. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't think it means anything. I think <laughs> it's just awkward for you to let that top arm drop and like cross your entire body and just kind of like, it's weird. I'll sleep with like, like I'm uh, like Pledge of Allegiance sometimes, like my hand over my heart. It's weird. <laughs> I oh, guess see, that's a good I'm position because it's keeping your shoulder blade where you need it to mm-hmm. be. And I'm just you know uh, a patriot. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. <laughs> just standing at attention even Pl- in my sleep. Pledge of allegiance, not very patriotic. To the flag of the United States of America. Yeah, we say that every morning. Firecat. Do you? Yeah, every morning we go out the flag salute. That's adorable. We salute it, but we don't say the pledge of allegiance. It's because they're not true Americans. Oh no, that seems elementary school s- s- stuff. Do yeah, you think seems uh red scare stuff? Oh, seems don't get uh, me started on some red scare. Yeah, don't get me excited. Dw- Dwight D. Eisenhower, we can thank him for the interstate highway system and uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, did you write the operational orders for invading Europe? Oh, that as well, I guess. D Day. <laughs> I think mm. I think you can have a little twenty word song of America. Five star general. Dwight Diaz. Yeah, I think he gets to say some stuff if you invade yeah. spoke out against uh, the military industrial complex. Yeah. Um he Shout I don't out. know, just invaded Europe and marched his way to Berlin. Well, to the Rhine. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then, and then uh you know, spoke out of 
against us getting into perpetual war. That's the thing. Hey, guys who are in war all the time. They don't like, like war. Hey, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they're the first ones to say, let's not go to war. Let's use diplomacy. They're like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this war hey, thing. Do huh? you like seeing um, civilians die or your brothers and sisters die? Because that's what happens you know what? in Except war. Except for Jocko. Uh, Jocko's like, yeah, let's go I in don't there. I think so. I think I, I think know. he's Syria. He was pretty confident that he could wipe out ISIS. Well, I think he thinks that we've exhausted all of our other resources to get rid of ISIS. Yeah, but do you think he is taking into account? That's the thing. So I had a buddy who said this too. Do you think they're taking into account the recruitment factor post you going in there and wiping out like the vac- like, tons like of the people? vacuum effect? Yeah. No, I mean we've never considered that in the past. Here's here's my uh, military strategy policy. Have I professed this to you yet? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe. So I'm not a huge fan of uh, Jesus, but uh, the turn the other cheek policy. So if we get attacked, we just don't do anything. So post 9-11, no Afghanistan. Just don't do anything. No Tora Bora. Nope. Nope. Don't do anything. You know what we do? Well, we make a statement. We say we are very sorry that um I mean we people felt the need to deprive thousands of individuals of their life but in order not to further perpetuate uh killing and violence we will not be retaliating we we played right into Osama bin Laden's hand that's exactly what he wanted us to do was to go and invade yeah. Afghanistan because cuz i mean where was where how many people did they have before we got in there you it know, like, what were the numbers beforehand? They were on the radar, but they weren't... Yeah, exactly. They weren't the what primary they suspect. Yeah. So... And it was mostly Saudi Arabia. I mean, that's where all the, like, weird. 15 of the hijackers were from. Or 18 of the hijackers Yeah, were and from. then uh, so on e- the day... That's because it's so easy yeah. to get a visa if you're from Saudi Arabia versus the other Middle Eastern yeah. countries. No, agreed. But also... Uh, the the funding was like through the royal family and Osama bin Laden is part of that. Yeah, and then we like allowed them to fly out some of their relatives on nine eleven when like all of their air traffic was grounded, and we let them behead people. Saudi Arabia is by no um, means an innocent for witchcraft. There, I said by no means an innocent country. Yeah, it, it's just weird our relationship with them. It's very strange. Uh, yeah, to it me. seems monetary uh driven. Yeah. And geographically driven. Very, very strange, man. Very, very strange. I don't know. What else? I was just else about to talk to you about something involving Oh, maybe Jocko? Uh, oh, I was gonna ask you what do you think a Jocko presidency would look like? Um, I I think Jocko is a smart enough individual that he would lean on his advisors on all things not military. Decentralized command. Exactly. You know, I, I think maybe that's the... See, but then you don't know how to select the best people. You know what I'm saying? Didn't George W. Bush rely on Dick Cheney for a lot of stuff? Yeah, I mean, rely on... <laughs> or just allow... Or just allow, or just he was scared for his life. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but so, so with Trump, you know, he thinks he knows best. But on top of him thinking he knows best, he just doesn't. He doesn't have enough knowledge about the topics to be able to select the right people to advise him on it. You know what I'm saying? 
True. He's also just banished like 90% of the people that he originally selected. So, yeah. And so maybe maybe Jocko would know enough. I, I just don't know. I don't want to assume that it's that easy, but I also think Jocko is a smart dude who do you think Sam Harris understands leadership and understands, you know, um, delegation of authority and that sort of thing? Do you think Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson would be a part of his cabinet? I don't think they should be. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, Abby Martin? Because what's the cabinet's? Secretary of State? <laughs> um, so Secretary of State, you need somebody who's an expert in diplomatic relations with other countries. Abby Martin. Yeah, exactly. Joe um, Rogan. Attorney General. You know, Sam and Jordan aren't going to do any good no. there. Um, what other Secretary of Defense, I think Jocko would just take that over. Housing and urban development. Not necessarily where they want to be. Campaigns. Um, you know, is it's just, I'm not sure they have a, a place within a presidential cabinet. It doesn't mean that they're not important people who say important things, but. You know, I I think we've learned that you can't just take bystanders and put them in the presidency. Friends. Or maybe we haven't. Maybe I've learned that. <laughs> maybe you've learned that. But I, I think The Rock is running in 2020. No, right, you've so. heard my endorsement for The Rock. Yeah. So um, you can go ahead and leave this country. Yeah, it's all um, relative. Relative half. I mean, uh, Kanye has expressed interest. Uh, our current president. Yeah, no, no, definitely. <laughs> and in in the face, I'm of saying other out of like the like, three or four yeah. celebrities that I've heard uh, their interest in running for president of the United States of America, I'd, I'd say The Rock is the leading candidate of the most unqualified people in America to run. Or Oprah. Uh, <laughs> Oprah or The Rock. Make a choice right now. The, the Go. Rock. The Rock? I think. I don't know anything about Oprah other than Stedman. I, and, here's uh, what I know. Show I know The Rock is just an actor and a uh, wrestler. I know that Oprah built a business. You know Didn't what I'm the saying? Rock like built himself? I know, but it's not the same. You know what I'm saying? She's like, she built a media conglomerate. She majored in communications. What The Rock major? Um, chicken breast. Yeah. I don't know. Something. What is it? What I, there can't be that many majors at the University of Miami. Yeah, is football, football studies. Um, um Nevin Shapiro. Uh the finished turnover chains. But I don't know. I guess I I guess Oprah's not more <laughs> qualified than The Rock. I don't I, I mean don't I, I like I said this is relative. This is I hope none of these people are yeah, president obviously, relative. but this nation's got to be able to produce better qualified and better you would freaking (laughs) hope so man you would hope so yeah maybe we should just get a councilman of council women and councilmen of elders yeah i like that theory but somebody's got to be in charge i think you know what I'm saying? One person has to more have more power. Right. But I think just human nature, I mean, that it, one person... Isn't our Senate in... It's supposed to be that. Yeah. Like old school, like Rome. But I don't necessarily know that... I feel Yeah, I mean, is the presidential position really necessary? 
I think there just has to be a top dog. Yeah. But it's human nature for yeah. that top dog to go against what other people say and abuse power. Oh, I'm, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So it just, it's all superfluous. I mean, that's happening all over the place. The Chinese president removed the term limits there, so he's going to be like president forever. Um, Xi Jinping, see the new Mao Zedong? I, I don't know if I want to go that far. Hope not. But um, from a power standpoint. You know, he's going down a wrong, uh, a bad road. That's for sure. He's he's on the road to Mao. On the road again. Um, so was our president, but, you know. Hopefully not that type of famine. Getting that Supreme Court. Yeah. Getting rid of those term limits. Man, that's pretty cool. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that term just limits? be like. Yeah, if he just got rid of term limits. What if we just had another FDR who was in there for 16 years? But it wasn't FDR. Yeah, it, like Trump. And he was just <laughs> Trump for 16 years. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Well, there might not be a 16 years to... Of of mankind. Right out. Womankind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some Dr. Strangelove coming your way. Some Nero, except he d- he can't play the vi- violin. Was it a violin that Nero's Nero? playing? Yeah, when Rome was burning, the mm-hmm. myth... Was that he was playing vi- a violin? Like the Titanic? Mark? Yeah, N- Nero, the emperor of Rome, who like burnt it down, allegedly. He was playing the violin as it was you burning. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, th- that's the myth. Come on. Yeah, he was the it. last Roman emperor. Oh, everybody yeah. knows that. The Julio Claudio. What, would, what would Trump play? Uh, golf. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Oh, that was yeah. good. Oh, how about this highlight? Or... Uh, headline: Wake Forest kicker inexplicably missing before field goal attempt. Oh, I'm glad that was my pick. They tried to kick a field goal and their kicker wasn't on the field. Solid bold move. Solid, bold, uh, bold move. Great situational awareness. Man, I hear that um, term so many times during the week. I know. That's all I hear. That's what you need. Tr- uh, situational abs- yeah, awareness. Yeah, that's true. Figure it out. Very true. Well. <laughs> feel like we're uh getting to it's the end here. time it was about that i'm time. so it's solid yeah though. always solid i'm so excited for this 12 30 a.m alabama matchup which yeah i'm not really it'll probably be over within the first 10 minutes lacking maybe but i don't know a&m is they beat them that one they beat bama that one time with johnny football like six years ago on the road oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah but in my head i don't forget that uh-huh. stuff so i'm just like oh well I mean, they've done it once. Maybe they could do it. It happened one time in the history of the world. It could happen again. Yeah, uh, that's called sports, and that's yep. called my brain. So I'm excited for another upset via Johnny Football. Um, yeah, not going to happen. The new revamp. I've been waiting for Alabama upsets for, like, I'm years. not even re- – <laughs> I've been waiting for them to not make the playoffs for years. Which is funny because I'm not even – an Alabama hater. I'm not, I don't even. Oh, I am. I know you are. 100%. I don't even root for them to lose because I just like watching greatness. But like a competitive back and forth matchup, which is what Alabama or and Alabama and Johnny Football had for a couple of years. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm way more hyped for Oklahoma State Texas Tech. That's that's a random game to be hyped for. But if you love why thousand points, that that would be the the argument right there is the points. But just the fact that Texas Tech is Texas Tech. Yeah. Why is it? Why is I mean, that head coach two and one? 
Yeah, I mean, they scored points. Who did they beat last game? They beat somebody decent. I, don't, I hate myself for not being able to remember the head coach's name right now. Cliff Kingsbury? Right. All I can think about is Lincoln Riley, because I think Lincoln Riley and Cliff Kingsbury are the same person. All I can think about is the poor man's Ryan Gosling. There's that for sure. I know he's not that poor. But uh, Lincoln Riley, the head coach of Oklahoma, and, and Kevin Sumlin and uh, Cliff Kingsbury, I think, are the same person. Maybe. Not in looks, but in coaching style and offenses and just void of defense. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> 100%. I mean, they're all... It, maybe it's a mutual agreement. Like, hey, man, you score points, I score points, we keep our jobs, and the fans are excited. Yeah, we get new TV deals every year that are more lucrative than the yeah. last. Uh, have you seen your athletic facility? It's trash. You want a new one? All right, let's score some points. You see uh, your former former coach, right? Rainbow Warriors? Uh, offensive coordinator. It's just the Warriors now. A former offensive coordinator? Yeah. Uh, how much do you think they beat Duquesne by? 39 points. That's pretty Their good. Their quarterback, Cole McDonald, stud. Has, still doesn't have... Has 15 touchdowns. Still no INTs. Three, four games. Still yeah. no INTs. Kid's a stud. Well... Who is he? Patrick Mahomes? Uh, Timmy Chang. Ever heard of him? Colt Brennan. Ever heard of him? Colt Brennan. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Timmy Chang was uh, Colt Brennan before Colt Brennan and one of the greatest yeah. college uh, names of all time. For a run and shoot yeah. offense, Timmy Chang. <laughs> all righty, bro. Yeah, man. Well, I think that's it. I think we've reached the, the end of the road here. Yeah. Good catching up with you. But it was good. Definitely. Enjoy your uh, Saturday and Sunday off. You as Let's well. Try to do the be, sure, be sure to crack that IPSTA manual <laughs> that you're studying. Uh, that'll be tomorrow. Alrighty, brother. All right, man. Enjoy your weekend. Until next yep. time. Later.